Fat Force Radio. Fat Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wynn. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the Batman and DC podcast with no limits. This week we are joined by Atezus in New York. Blim. Bat Force Tom in California. Hi. <laughs> that was <laughs> awesome. The Bat Force Times in New York. And I'm Robin Cross in Canada. And this week's guest is an award-winning artist and writer known as a co-creator of 30 <laughs> Days of Night and for his work on titles like Gotham by Midnight, Fell, Wormwood, Star Wars, and Silent Hill. Most recently, he has been seen drubbing a foul plagiarist on social media. Welcome to the show, Ben Templesmith. Yes. Really? You, that, that got noticed a little bit? <laughs> yep, I, I noticed bit. it anyway. <laughs> it's fun <laughs> and it needs to happen. Here's <laughs> the, the brutal like, honest truth. Yeah. The brutal honest is. truth. I'm never going to work for Marvel. I don't think yeah. I'll ever be working for They're not going to call me. So, but I'm not looking either, which is fantastic. Mm. So, uh... Fuck them. Yeah, I guess I could speak out when a certain other people probably couldn't. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah. Either way, he... Uh, it's refreshing. I guess to explain it all, uh, Tristan Jones, who's Australian, who I know, uh, very nice guy, very talented, did a lot of uh, alien stuff with Dark Horse. Dark Horse then uh, lost the license because obviously Disney owns aliens and stuff now. And, and Disney, uh, uh, Disney slash Marvel. It's Marvel, but Disney. Uh, reprinting a lot of the, the Dark Horse stuff, including, I guess, probably some of Tristan's work. But then they wanted to slap an exclusive fancy cover by an artist and one of their artists on top. <laughs> but it turns out all he did was take Tristan's work, uh, bits of various pieces, and put it all together and claim it as his own. And not in a homage way, but in a, yeah, I can't really be bothered drawing this. So I'm just going to grab a piece of this on computer and slap that there and slap that there. And it's like, yeah. but the thing is, Tristan isn't working full-time in comics right now. He has to work a day job. And to have his work, and I think some of this was unpublished work, so it was work that Marvel gained access to, obviously, what? legally. They own it. Oh. And and, and uh, to see his work, like, completely rift that way. Not rift, but ripped, but, um, and traced. It was, it was like, that's not fair. I think, I think Greg Land, Greg Land, superstar Greg Land, apparently, probably should get some more flack for that because yeah. you know he's using other people's work instead of doing it he, he's known for photo referencing not photo referencing but literally tracing photos because photo referencing I, i've done that everyone does that to a degree but you don't literally trace a photo like a porn image which he's done and celebrity you don't you, you don't you don't you give it your own life you give it your own spin you don't just trace what's already there and then slap a mask on it 
yeah. And, and, and and anyway, so for for anyone he, who's seen that cover, it is exact. And it's a damn shame because Greg Land is not made for aliens work or for like dark horror stuff. He is a very very comic book artist. He is not like if you look at all the Dark Horse previous work, Aliens comics, which I recommend because some of them are good. Uh, they have like these awesome painted painterly covers, painted covers by really great great people. So it's like you can get more mood in that. But the Marvel style is line work and then computer coloring and. It works sometimes, but not for that cover. Anyway, anyway, man, anyway, just just disagree completely with that practice. And Marvel will probably hate me now if they didn't already. So, fuck them. I've done a couple things for Marvel, uh, but not Marvel the comics side. So, no, very nice. I have nothing bad against Marvel per se, except why does he keep getting work? Yeah, yeah. It's, well, there it's, there, there uh, are too many artists that Mr. are uh, making their so. way doing that. I just said Tristan got a lot of uh, attention for that, at least for his tweet. So that was good. Yeah. Hopefully something good comes of it. Yeah. So ev- right. everybody go uh, follow follow Tristan online now too. He goes by exactly. wall meat. Wall meat like wall like smack into the wall meat like beat your meat Jones. <laughs> on on Twitter. I I'm sorry. Remember it's that. Child friendly. I apologize because uh, meat is very tasty. <laughs> it should not be beaten. Part of a healthy diet. You don't beat them. You. <laughs> you can't beat meat unless you're uh, a vegan. Anyway, how are you? <laughs> How's Ben? Me? <laughs> yeah. You're asking how I've been? Yeah. How are you doing? Oh, I, appreci- I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> not many people. <laughs> uh, not much has changed. Honestly, um, I work from home, so uh, the only thing that's changed is I don't see my friends much. I don't go out for coffee with with my friend. So I go to the grocery store once a week for this year. And, and uh, my, the most exciting thing I've done in person this year is get my hair cut once. Wow. Oh, I should be drinking. Why well, I'm drinking. But uh, I just sorry uh, for the thing. I just saw people taking swigs of delicious alcohol or beverages. <laughs> I just brushed Sorry, my teeth and then weird. opened a Red Bull and that was a mistake. Oof. Oof. Yeah, it might not be. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, there's a couple of us. Sorry about that. We didn't mean to uh, be bad influences over here. We're just trying to get in the mood, you know? Yeah. No, it's great. Well, that, that's I'm, I'm that's also why the topic of beating the meat came up because you saw somebody's camera on there. We're getting comfortable. We're getting to know each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's only a matter I of give you real hands and dudes, right. you know? You and I'm going to warn everybody, we're going to go silent on a regular basis because as we're talking, we're all watching Ben uh, create some art here Oh yeah. on the screen. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah, sometimes oh. we're just going to go quiet. Yeah. This is the first time we've actually gotten this treat, to be honest. Really? I oh, think I so. The camera set up this way because uh, it, it's a cross shot. Bam. Oh, that's good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that, if the... that's, that's a crush that's not getting any work from Marvel. <laughs> I actually have my cameras set up for like uh, streaming and YouTube things, but uh, I don't know. Without getting off the call, I don't know how to swap them. I don't want to no, mess around cool. with the cameras because it's on this the wrong cool. camera. We'll just describe what we're seeing yep. because uh, this. You don't yeah, need to see. This is, no, no, we we we. My room I mean, has nothing on this. the walls. My room has a couch behind me and some uh, a closet because it's a small second bedroom, so it's very not exciting. And I look horrible, so there's that. 
Um, I really uh, no, man, you look great. Uh, that, well, thank you. You hitting on me? It's funny because <laughs> yes. um, Robin actually looks like a number of comic artists we know. You're one of them, which is so weird. Wait, so, Robin looks like me. Yeah, yeah. You guys well, uh, what, what, what I get, what I get most commonly, I get, uh, I get told that I look like Tyler Kirkham, but I correct people. Oh, and he's tell handsome. Them that, but that—that's the problem because <laughs> I'm like not. The, Brad comics, man. The, the problem is I'm not, and what I I correct people and tell them like, no, I look like Tyler Kirkham fucked Chip Zdarsky, and that's what I look like. No comments. So more more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> what he does in his spare time. <laughs> and, and i'll i'll uh add to that that both of them are perfectly cool guys and right. yeah whatever they choose to do is is, is just fine <laughs> so ben how did you um i mean we're gonna get to what uh, we eventually we eventually want to get to your amazing patreon work and your your stuff that you've been putting out your alien stuff holy shit looks amazing oh, the xenomorphs are amazing well thank um, you that's actually part of the patreon but yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I joined. I joined today because I've been meaning to. Just, I just saw that. Getting, but yeah, I, I joined today. Um, the aliens, fucking a man. Like I love your aliens so much. Your horror stuff is so good. But what? Um, well, how did you get your start with comics in general? How did you get your start? Uh, when did you know that you were good at art? And kind of how did that lead into now? Uh, I disagree. Okay, I need to correct you slightly. Uh, I still don't know if I'm good at art. <laughs> You should always doubt yourself. If you, if you, okay, well, there's confidence within the art itself, and then there's confidence about your art. And if you get too confident with your art, if you think you're hot shit, you're probably setting yourself up for failure, I think, because you want to always be improving. You should be your own worst critic. So yeah. I don't know if I'm good. Thank you for saying I'm good. That's your perspective, and that's what I need. But I'll change it. You're you're one of my favorites, and you're one of the best that I know of. Just tell me I need work. Uh. <laughs> Maybe not so much your art, but maybe you personally. <laughs> You're standing like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that was fun, but yeah, what uh, as, as as Tom was alluding to it, I wanted to get into that too. Um, like w- when I see your uh, your style, it it often reminds me of stuff like Dave McKean. So I was uh, I was also wondering like yeah what what was your origin story what uh, led you down the road and and got you into not only comics but just art in general. Well, I think my work's changed a little bit over the years. Hopefully, hopefully for the better. Anyway, um, but yeah, uh, when I was I guess late nineties to early two thousands was the the high point of Dave McKean doing like. Sandman covers and stuff like that. If you know who Dave McKean is, you know he did the Sandman covers. He did a bunch of other stuff. doesn't really do comic stuff much anymore, but he was, like, one of the first to discover there was a program. I mean, I'm, I'm only going from my experience, so I'm probably factually incorrect, but he was, to me, one of the first to use Photoshop to manipulate existing art into things and into, com- into covers. And they were covers that have never been in the sort of thing in comics before. Anyway, subject-wise, they weren't Batman, you know. They weren't just, you know, a guy punching a guy. They were fine art, basically. Yeah. But uh, he dabbled with that, and then everyone like, well, that's crazy that you can do that, that you can morph an ear onto someone's boob. <laughs> you know, that that <laughs> was possible now. now. We don't blink an eye now, but that was, you know, there used to be a thing called before the internet. <laughs> so this stuff was amazing. Um, 
So I loved him, fell, fell in love with his covers, bought, bought the book of all the covers. Uh, uh, I'm trying to, trying to detail my artistic proclivities when I was young. Um, but then um, I just discovered that there was comic shops because I read comics for a bit, but you get them at what you would call a drugstore, I guess, but we call them news agents uh, back in the day. And they were like, so they were like American imports. But um, I just discovered that in the city where I'm from, Perth, Western Australia, a state bigger than Texas, uh, bigger than Alaska, by the way. It's three times as big as Texas. Um, There's only two million people. But anyway, they had a couple of comic stores, and I discovered this when I was a teenager and started reading all these other comics. And then I discovered there was this guy named Ashley Wood and followed him for a little bit. He got a bit of Marvel work, but I actually found him first when he did a couple of little Australian things, which blew my mind that, oh, you can go from Australia and get into American comics. He was doing Ghost Rider 2099 uh, and then popped up on a couple other things. But um, shortly after that, he got into the computer Photoshop sort of, and it will say Photoshop because there was no other drawing programs, I think, then. It was before tablets, before anything else. And he was meshing what he had done in, in the real world into art as well. And then I discover he's from Perth. He's from my hometown. But he's about eight years older. So uh, never met him for the longest time uh, locally before I was even in comics. But that gave me hope that, oh, I can do something like that. So I just stuck to message. You know, mes- before social media, there was a thing called message boards for yeah. anyone that's um, um, young. <laughs> I think I, I think I think uh, message boards are still around in the form of Reddit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like Reddit, yeah. but uh, yeah, I guess that's a message. That's a giant forum. Yeah. Um. So I was just hanging out on one of those. Uh, there was I can't remember the name, but a bunch of comic people. Because the thing about comic people is, well, until Facebook and and Twitter and everything else took over, and is now there's only like three social media companies that we're all hooked into. But before that, the comic community kind of uh, were, the, were the pioneers on a lot of computer social media type platforms that didn't survive. And a big part of that was Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis had his WEF, the, the Warren Ellis Forum, but he also would tell us all, because I was a member of that for the many years, uh, oh, there's this new thing. I'm going to go try it. You should all come. And so we all came. One of them was Twitter. Just to circle back to that thing, I am over 13 years old on Twitter. I oh. am a teenager. I'm not legal yet. I'm only 13. But okay. I joined July 4th, 2007. So, wow. and he he and one guy from Perth were the first people I followed. So, uh, yeah. So, social media-wise, comic books, we were huge into forums. I was on several. And there were, you know, forums where young artists post their work and show off, like you are with alcohol right there. Um oh, cheers. And I just got noticed by the right people at the right time. And one of them was a guy named Brent Ash, uh, art director. Oh, you know who Brent oh, is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brent's, Brent's awesome. been on the show. Oh, good. Brent, oh, has he... Brent actually designed our uh, new logo for us. Fuck. I can't see your logo. Now I'm going to have to look it up. Oh, do I see the logo? Is it the world with the, uh, the headphones and a bat? Oh, that's old no. school. Uh, if, if you look uh, where, uh, in our DM chat on Instagram... Yeah, my my profile picture is that social media. I'm not, I'm not part of this DM chat, am I? <laughs> yeah, oh, it never, was my message. Oh, to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah, he's awesome. 
and he is, yeah, he he is. is a great designer but um he liked my work and he asked me to try out for uh, a book at the time called salmon twitch yes nice happening and so i did a couple of just sample pages I'm like oh this is big time this is from america mm-hmm. um that never happened for whatever reasons were going on with other things but uh i got put onto hellspawn because ashley wood had just left and i was reading hellspawn and uh it blew my mind so i tried to ape ash's style for the first the la- my first four pages which were the last four pages of a comic book that uh you know, I'm I'm very I'm a huge fan of Ash anyway. Certainly, the old Ash was in sync with my mood. I was trying to get in my work, and I was young, so I wanted to match it all up together so it was kind of seamless. So that was my first work. I think, ironically, I had to cut that. My first cover was was for that book that I only did four pages in. But then the next issue, which I did the full issue of, had an Ashley Wood cover. So I just get confused. But uh, that was my first comic work, and it was all from a message board. And someone liking what they saw and going, oh, hey, yeah, yeah. Do you want to try out? I'm like, shit, yes. Am I allowed to swear? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Not drinking, but I accidentally swear sometimes. Yeah, you got to catch up somewhere. So do it with the swearing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, just to quickly recap, the the how I got a career instead of just doing a couple of issues is we were doing a couple of issues of Hellspawn, but the approval process on those issues got longer and longer. I don't know why that's by the by, but we had spare time, me and the the writer, Steve Niles, who was how I met Steve. So we just wanted to do another, like a a small, a project in the, in between issues, you know, and I was really prolific when I was young and my work probably needed more work. (laughs) I was very quick. I didn't even ink, ink my work. So, so uh, he sent a list of pictures over of like ideas he had, stories and uh one of them was 30 days of night and i said i i want to do that one so we did that one and the mini series of that came out that was my first fully complete comic story so it was three issues of that and by issue two it got a movie after issue two had come out before i'd finished issue three it got a movie deal thing going on which helped it continue to be published because the, the first issue actually sold crap. I was on a book called Hellspawn, which was pretty big, getting paid pretty decently because of the exchange rate in Australia. But then I was also doing this other comic, which is just creator-owned. It was, I was really lucky that my, my second comic in, in my life was a creator-owned book where I had a small piece of it. But the sales weren't there. The first issue only sold like 3,000 copies, which probably sounds like a lot these days. I don't know. <laughs> but to some people. Um Hopefully, we hope for better times. Um, so the publisher, IDW, and this book was knocked back by Dark Horse, by the way. <laughs> they, oh, really? Steve took it to a few places, and they said, nah, we don't want it, because uh-huh. horror comics weren't cool then. But IDW took a, a risk, and ironically, IDW hadn't published regular comics at that point. They'd only ever done a couple of things for Ashley Wood, because I believe Ashley Wood knew one of the owners, partners. Um, but Steve got it in there. Yay, Steve. But the first issue sold like crap. So they came back and said, Ben, we can't afford to pay you to do this anymore, but we'll still publish it if you want to do it, if you want to finish it. It's three issues, so you got two issues left. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Books. <laughs> of course I'm going to finish this. This is my life dream. Um, and to cut a long story short, they weren't paying much anyway, so that was immaterial. Um, I could 
I was making a, a pretty decent living thanks to Todd McFarlane, who gave me my break, you know, always treated artists really well to me, to my mind. So I had this leeway and some time to do it, so it was fine. Um, but in the process of doing that, I think Steve and the IDW were sending out a pitch book everywhere to Hollywood people, unbeknownst to me. But, um, yeah, it got a movie deal. It had a bidding war, and that became a bit of news. And so after issue three had come out, and then they – I think they rushed to – well, they, they put out the trade collection of it. So the news coincided with that. So the trade sold really, really well. And then as a result, the first issue being so rare – well, the, the, the actual issues being rare – uh, they became pretty hot books too. So, and I think they're still pretty pretty valuable, apparently, because yeah. not many of them, and it had some history. And they'll probably get more valuable if they ever do a reboot of the movie that eventually got made. But, but uh, because of that book, especially, I guess I have a career, and I got typecast as the vampire horror guy. Horror, <laughs> I don't mind. That's a genre. Vampire, that's within a genre. It's like, no, no, I can do more than vampires. I did vampires for like four years after that, and got very sick of vampires. So yeah, you uh yeah you did uh what some Buffy stuff I think right? Oh, uh, I need that's a funny thing. It's whatever's on my wiki or my own website. I, I use names of brands because people know them. Yeah, those are those are designed for normies. Who go, oh, <laughs> I've, I've seen the Buffy show. Well, I like it. So yeah, I, I've done a couple of covers I think for Buffy. Um, but no one's I'm I'm bad at um uh faces faces take a lot more work to get them to look like people i've done some doctor who comics like interiors i did a whole mini series with uh leah moore not a mini series one shot with leah moore uh alan moore's daughter which was cool i had to badger idw to get that done though um say i want to do this i know doctor i grew up with doctor who i'm an australian so Mm. anyone outside of uh, uh, the united states grew hopefully grew up with doctor who so it's in our blood man uh yeah so i only did a couple of covers for buffy uh, i don't know what other projects you want to list off but i did do a small story for star wars which with no nice. main characters in it um yeah I, I jumped around i did whatever people threw at me for a while and i still do but mostly i early on i stuck to i, I realized i wasn't getting work except for like no no put it this way people thought me and steve were a team and we were but they wouldn't come to me to offer me like, hey, Ben, would you do this? They'd go to Steve. Uh, and, that, I mean, that's not a bad thing necessarily, but if you want to have a career and longevity, you've got to have your own defined space too. So, like, hey, I do this. Come to me if you'd like something. And I also wanted to write. I never wanted to just draw. So I, pretty early on I decided I, I need to do my own sort of thing too. So uh, I honestly don't remember. the. Maybe it was 2005. Or something like that. I did my own written and drawn stuff, for better or worse. I was living the dream, so I don't care. I liked it. Well, if you can, uh, if you can find that space where you're creating what you want to create and making your living that way, that it doesn't seem like there's any any other better way to go. Yeah, I mean, I like working with other people. Sometimes I, historically, anyone I've worked with has ended up probably becoming my friend or or um they were my friends to begin with and that's why i worked with them that would be the case now anyway because i have a lot of fun just doing everything because i like the storytelling aspect maybe i need help with actual plot but i but uh i like watching how stories are told 
I'm not saying I'm good. I need to get better. I, I like it's a lifelong journey. There are some masters out there like Mike Mignola now, how he tells a story on a page with no dialogue, stuff like that. But, but uh, yeah, I just I like having fun, and I'm very lucky that enough people hopefully like my stuff that they just let me do what I want to do. So I'm very lucky in that I'm not a regular commercial artist in a sense of I'm not looking for work. I mean, I, I'll never knock it back, but because money's money sometimes. And I am relatively poor, but, <laughs> eh, you know, there's a story to that too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just, I'd rather be myself and do what I think I would read as a kid or as me. And if I like it, maybe someone else will. And that's that's the eternal question and problem is, can I make this cool that I like it, but that enough people will come along with me? So I've been pretty lucky so far. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, and, a, it's a privilege and an honor to be able to do that. And Not that's, uh, that, Batman, that's what the way. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> I have brought some Batman, so I like that. That's largely what. Sorry, go ahead. I was Sorry. just saying, I, I love your interpretation of the ways you draw Batman. Thanks, man. Um, depends which Batman you mean. Um, I you mean, mean the legit work or my having fun Batman? The having, I mean, the having fun stuff is the best because you could tell that's when you're just fucking like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to do the way I want to do. Yeah, I, I, I call him Meth Batman. Meth <laughs> yeah, that's, Batman. I think that's a good way of describing him. I just like drawing this undead kind of skeletal, <laughs> spooky looking dude. Who's, yeah. He looks demonic anyway, so which is the entire Did reason he dressed meth? up as a bat. Meth. Meth. That, yeah, that that's what uh, I've had one of your prints of Meth Batman uh, on my wall for years now. Uh, it's is that one standing with, on top of a chimney. No, it's just a close moon? up. It's like the really skeletal face with the cowl on it, and uh, it's oh, very orange one. and blue. Yeah. Yeah, I have that one too. It looks like the the bat's detached from his body. That's supposed to be on his chest. Yeah, yeah. Not, I got that one. Yeah, I got that one in a, when I first got it, I put it in my bathroom and I took a picture of it and I tweeted it saying, every time, every time when I take a Tuesday, this is what I see. And Are you sure? Is, is that all you took quite a while with the bathroom while you, with your pants down at the time? The only thing I could post on Twitter without getting, without getting uh, banned. But now I like I like the horror aspect of him, so yeah uh, like batman red rain and stuff like that you know the yeah. darker side he batman yeah. is meant to be dark right for sure what He's what good. i think is cool is um we've we've had kelly jones on a couple times oh, and good. he says the way he likes to draw batman is the way that the second third hand stories are told by criminals who are afraid of him like yes. there's this de- i was attacked by a demon in an alley you know and that's yep. kind of like why he draws him the way he does. And that's, I've always thought that's like your Batman is like a thug is high on crystal meth and he gets his <laughs> ass kicked by some crazy figure in, you know, and they think it's a demon that's beating their ass. And this is the image. If they told a sketch artist like what they saw, that's what it would be. And that's like your Batman. Oh, is Kelly Jones nice? Because he, he, no. he is my fight. He is so the reason I draw Batman the way I do. He is the super nicest. Batman, probably the, one of the nicest guests we've ever had. Like, yeah, he's oh, nice. amazing. Insanely nice. You mean you mean more than me? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, we'll you still okay. got time. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. We're, we're still early on in this. Is he American? I'm assuming he's American. Yeah. yeah. I've never met him. I don't think I've met him. I'd love I to met him. him. You know, I think I met him the same year I met you, 2016. 
First you should, you should well, come, on, um, come back on in October. That's when we have our annual Kelly Jones Spooktacular show. We'll, we'll we have, have them on every Halloween. It's oh, nice. so fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So. Nice. Anyway, he is the reason I do Batman. Because the thing is, and I have a whole, I have a whole rant about Batman. Do you want to quickly hear it? Yes. It's a very it quick. Have long quick. One. It, it, yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not that. So Kelly Jones draws Batman properly. Batman has really big ears, right? He should have mm-hmm. demon ears, and huge ears, because there are two kinds of bats. There's micro bats and the other ones. Micro bats are the vampire bats, the horseshoe bats. The so- they're the ones that use sonar. Right? right they're the the, the, the evil little demonic looking bats then you have the larger kind of bats which are different different species completely different clade they are like they're called fruit bats and flying foxes and they're cute <laughs> and they shit a lot and scream a lot and that's they're really annoying in parks especially like in Australia. yeah kind of like a baby especially when there's ten thousand of them um so batman should have big ears he is the he is the micro bat. He is the, the evil little one from the cave. Batman has a cave. Um, and most artists don't draw him like that. They draw him with tiny little fruit bat ears. And the entire reason Batman dresses up as a bat is to be that demonic, dark, scary thing to the criminal or to the underworld or to the. I kind of say that Batman's a rich guy that dresses up to scare poor people and beat them up, but <laughs> kind of true. Kind of true. I mean, he has billions. He could do other things. But he dresses up as a bat. But the psychology of Batman and all his villains is really what makes it interesting, too. So, But, uh, yeah, so I draw him with big ears because of Kelly Jones and because I realized, oh, he's dressing as a bat for a reason, not a fruit bat. You may as well dress him as koala. Koalas are cute, right? <laughs> koala man. <laughs> so you should let me create koala man. I'm, I'm calling it. They sound <laughs> That's, that's the uh, next tier added to your Patreon is the Koala Man tier. Koala Man book. Yeah. If you've ever heard koalas having there you sex. Go. Uh, series. <laughs> yeah. What does that sound like? Uh, it sounds like old people wheezing. I think. <laughs> but they, they, they sound horrible, but not in a scary way. Because <laughs> many literally sound like it. <laughs> yeah, Koala Man's probably not going to be that that a big of a hit, but uh, <laughs> you know, Lee Jones is the reason it'll, I do Batman. The way. And I do those ones fun on my Patreon for fun on my Patreon, just one a week. Yeah, um, just because they're fun to draw. It's like my default go to to relax is to doodle a Batman or a skull or something. It's like, yeah. well, Batman skull, that's sold, done. Yeah, and that's a challenge. New ones. Batter day. Saturday batter day. Yeah, yeah. I and, don't. And, they're not public yet, mostly, because they're still running their course on my Patreon for a while before I try and offer them for sale there. And then then I'll start showing them publicly as well. Right. And go, here's what you missed on my Patreon like two months yeah. ago. I got to say, that's that's uh, one of my favorites. But then recently with your alien stuff, I was like, God damn, that is awesome looking. Well, and thanks, yeah, your alien stuff is is your xenomorphs are so good. There's like you're just naturally you're you're built to draw xenomorphs. I feel like. No, I'm just I'm I'm trying new things. I'm trying to put some detail in, but still in a fun image that it allows me to learn. But I hate rulers. I don't do straight lines. Aliens uh, and the bio mech biology of that. No straight lines. That's fine. I love that. Do not ask me to draw transformers. I will suck. 
Yeah. But thank but you, thank that's... you for the kind words on the aliens. I love yeah. the whole franchise. So. You, uh, well, you did mention. I can't remember if it was on Twitter where you were talking about. Like, did you do like a marathon recently or something where you watched all the newer ones? Uh, I mean, not online or anything. Maybe I mentioned I watched a bunch of them. Yeah. But, uh, but I didn't do a, a mar- I didn't ever declared I was doing a, a, a real <laughs> marathon. I think, but I mean I have done. I do remember. And the funny think- thing is, I don't know how, but I got on someone's list, and I'll give them a plug. <laughs> I got on a list, and because there's a new show uh, just out, that's uh, I think I think he directed the first episode too. I'm not I can't remember. But Ridley Scott has got a new TV show called Raised by Wolves. Yeah. And it does look like it's got some sort of aliens in it, not xenomorph aliens, but uh, it deals with artificial intelligence yet again, and they've right. got milky blood. And so I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I was drawing the aliens, but I got on a list of uh, to to watch the premiere a few days early, and I got a nice little gift pack and stuff Whoa. like that. Oh, that's like, right. Yeah, first time in my life someone made me feel pretty. That's awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But it was awesome. It's just like, wait, what is the link? Why did I get this? It's like, is it because they know I do alien xenomorph Ridley Scott stuff? And yeah, man. No, I love it. Oh, and the, one of the highlights of my life, I'll just, I have to tell you because it's, I'm excited by aliens and similar. Uh, I did a con in London one, one year. It was a weird con. It was uh, in London, obviously, but we never left the airport. It was all like around Heathrow, but then they drove us into the city to do the actual con. One of the guests there was Tom Skerritt, Dallas from the original Alien. That's oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, but it turns out he he lives in Seattle, where I am now, or around Seattle, where I am now. So on the way home, we had to catch the same flight. Different classes, of course. He's in first class. I'm in <laughs> I'm in cattle class. But they dropped, for some reason, they dropped us off really early because they didn't want us to miss the plane. So we we had to leave and get there at like 6 a.m. So no one else is in in the in the gate lounge waiting to go on this flight except me and fucking Tom Skerritt. Now, I think he thinks I do move, did movies or something because I had a movie made out of one of my books. But uh, he sat there and chatted to me for two hours just about uh-huh. his, his life and a few little tidbits about aliens, but mostly about his life. And it was amazing. So man, wow. I got to meet Dallas and have a real con- – Captain Dallas, whatever – and have a real conversation with him. And that that is my – like, I can die happy now. That's amazing. It was amazing. It was like, yes, this is one of my childhood – This is this film shaped me or helped shape me. And I'm sat here just chatting to this guy. <laughs> yeah. And he gave me his card afterwards. I'm like, I'm not sure what I, I can do for you, Mr. Tom Skerritt, but. <laughs> uh, well, we, we we all have some of those numbers that we never know what occasion we'll need to use them on, but okay, I've got it. <laughs> so I, I will tell you, being a comic book artist that vaguely has had anything to do with Hollywood at all, which is a lot now. There's a lot of people. Um, you get to have some strange situations. And because the way media is converging with the synergy um, or whatever the buzzwords are, um, you know, you, you may you may other things because they want your style or your expertise, not expertise really, but stuff. So you get meetings and you get to meet people. It, it's it's weird. And, and through the cons as, as well. But it's very hard to have genuine experiences with the big people. So I had a genuine one with Tom and that was that I will take to my grave. It's awesome. a, a very good I will never meet Sigourney Weaver, though, but, uh, or Ridley Scott. But Never say never. Well, I'd like to, but, yeah, I don't know. I will. I just want to sit and listen, you know, have mm-hmm. them tell me mm-hmm. the real stuff. What's your favorite What's your favorite Aliens movie? Uh, well, the, it's tied 
Well, that, that's not fair because each each one is 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 kind of its own kind of movie generally. Yeah. So number one is its own kind of movie, and that works very well. Number two is a very different sort of movie, and I like it equally. That that one is a war movie with horror, yeah. a horror war movie, and the first one's a horror stalking movie. Yeah. I don't know what you call that, but they're very Bad different. Mouse. But I like them equally. Alien three, yeah, I just didn't know. Because it shat all over too. It just decided, no, 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 we're not going to... Anything you cared about is gone. So, number four, I quite like. Uh, Alien Resurrection was its own separate thing. I really like that. Possibly because I have a crush on Winona Ryder too, but that's yeah. fine to buy. Um, but it was it was more comic booky. But it was still... It still had all the good elements in it. Uh, and that's the end of the Alien ones, isn't it? Well, there was the two Predator ones. Yeah. First one was pretty good. Second one was kind of crazy. Uh, the first, I mean, I can't even keep it apart in my head. The AVP was the Antarctic one. Okay. Uh, and then the second one, they made it to a small town in, I guess, the Pacific Northwest. I'm not sure. Somewhere like that. Uh, yeah, they were kind of like big and dumb. Yeah. Don't get me started on the latest Predator film either. So. Predators. <laughs> Uh, yeah, as opposed to well, is it Predators or Predator? No idea. I haven't watched it. I couldn't tell the, you. The one not with the guy with the big nose. Oh, that was wasn't that, that was on the planet Lawrence Fishman. That one was pretty that, good. That was the second one. Was that was not AVP like part two? No, that that was the complete remake of uh, like the reboot. The first time they reboot, not the last one, the latest one, but the not the one written by or done by Shane Black. The guy Which from I The Penist. Hey, man. That's, Adrian uh, Brody? Adrian Brody. Yeah, Adrian go. Brody. Yeah, that one, not too bad. But the last one, Shane Black, he must have done a lot of cocaine. <laughs> that was Predators, <laughs> right? That was what? That was Predators. I'll go with that because I don't know for sure. I don't yeah. remember the name. Because I they keep trying to change that. The next time they'll do it, the, the S will be backwards. And then they'll be, oh, but it's still <laughs> Predators. Or it'll be a Z. Predators. Yeah, with a Z, yeah, Z. The aliens, I don't know. They, it's got a. I hope it comes back somehow. I don't think it will for a very long time. Not with Disney in charge, because they seem to want to stay on brand. Yeah. I don't understand why they don't just spin the mature stuff they have off again into its own thing. And go, okay, well, this is we own it, but it's not us. We'll yeah, make money, but you'll know it's not the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah, because like they they buy up these properties that have been successful for decades on their own. It seems the the best idea would be okay, we own this now, but you guys who have handled this keep handling it, keep making it successful, and we'll just keep taking the money from it. Yeah, but they have been. Some of those properties have been driven into the ground somewhat lately. So. Aren't they? they um, aren't aren't they yeah. moving on a new Deadpool? I hope so. That's that's definitely fresh and new. So they need more of that. If if they're yeah, if they're willing to do Deadpool, I gotta imagine that like they'll probably be willing to do some of the horror stuff too. I don't know. I don't know how true it is, but uh, from just words that I had heard, it sounded like uh, the moving forward Deadpool was going to be toned down. Uh. Mm. That's not I, a I have that. no interest in watching Isn't it. Deadpool I will not watch Tony? it on outrated. Yeah, there's uh, no right. point. It's it's like one of those, you know, it's the whole thing with the Spider-Man. It's like 
they're just back and forth with Sony, and they don't know who owns what, so they're kind of just, uh, you know. I they, think I think I think Deadpool was uh was Fox, was it not? Oh, Fox. Yeah, okay. yeah that, that makes sense. Yeah. Alien. Right. Oh, that yeah, makes so sense. Like, yeah, because now they officially own Fox. So. Yeah. If they're if they're down to make a R-rated Deadpool, they should be down to make a decent Alien movie. So. Yeah, but, but Deadpool is is linked to the Marvel Universe in such a way that it's money left on the table for them, especially oh, with the true. success it's already had. Aliens, yeah. not so much success lately. <laughs> right. Not with Prometheus you, and Alien Covenant. So it's like for them that'd be more risky, wouldn't it? Maybe they'll let yeah. it sit for a while. Have I, you I, I uh, collected any of the? Uh, have you collected any of the NECA figures, like the Alien, the figures they make? No. So cool. I have very few. Very, very cool. Well, very well made. When I look up reference to draw aliens, I come across these amazing Japanese ones, these full on uh, sculptures, but they're like 600 or a thousand bucks or something. And yeah, I, those are what I would save up for, but I don't have uh, room for them right now. So yeah, yeah, I got into toys, but not into the alien stuff. I got into Ashley Wood's uh, robot toys and sexy ladies. Sexy. Have you ever heard of three a, he had a little, yeah, he, he was li- literally making sure. dolls. They were dolls, but they had fully articulated yeah. fingers and hands and things. But uh, Brent Brent got to work on a lot of the yes, packaging and design stuff for that stuff. Yeah, him and Ash Very cool stuff go way back too from from that whole time. So yeah, yeah, man. They, Speaking they, of ladies, what are you ladies. working on right there? Speaking of ladies, <laughs> speaking of ladies, what are you what are you working on right there? Well, okay, I guess there is a lady there. In, in in silhouette, uh, I'm drawing yeah. a lady giving birth to a baby, a demon baby who's bursting out of her stomach. Fuck yeah! Not, I'm on board. Not, not exactly what the the ladies you thought of. <laughs> 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 yes, yeah, this is a page for lady. Wormwood. This is a page for Wormwood, which isn't technically public yet, and won't be for a little while because it's uh, one of the new pages. Awesome. Uh, in the in the latest batch I'm doing for the Patreon first. So now, since I'll, we're talking about that, uh, earlier you had mentioned that you were talking about your your work rate earlier in your career, and you said that you weren't inking your own work back then. Uh, how has your process changed over the years? Uh, what what is it now? Uh, well, the older you get, the slower you get. Really, I mean, to a degree, everything slows down the older you get. Your metabolism does. Your tolerance for alcohol does. Uh, um. Well, back back in the day, all I was doing was was pencil and then um, sort of watercolor washes, and then I would scan that in and colorize that and add sort of photo elements to it with Photoshop. I'd like I'd like drop bits of bits of I do the Greg Land way, except opposite, <laughs> where I draw the thing first and then I would drop little bits of hints of faces and photos over it to get the the shadowing kind of really and a bit of life in it. I don't know. I, I don't. I was, I was trying to do that. I was trying to be Dave McKean. But I stopped that after a while, and I realized, oh, I, I should draw more, but I should also ink it, and then add paint, because I was getting into more detail. I, I need to do more detail. I'm too sketchy. So over the over a few years, I stopped being that prolific and put more work into it in the real world, not the computer world. And I never, I never stopped. I still use a mouse. I don't draw on computer. I'm very old tech. Um, I'm what. Dave McKean and Ashley Wood probably were doing in the early 2000s or late 90s. Um, maybe I should get a tablet. I don't know. But um, 
there was one year i forget what year it was but i did 18 issues of a book of books not one book um in a year and uh that was a, a rough year and probably not the best work but i did 18 issues in one year now i definitely don't do that i probably couldn't do 12 issues in one year like a monthly book a, m- a monthly book i would probably kill me so i like to have breaks but i can be prolific when i when i can but then i need a break and then i can be prolific again so maybe i could still do 12 just in my own way but um so so that that wouldn't be uh something that you would take on like you know, say for example like you were asked to do like batman monthly or something like that that isn't the kind of uh project that you would want to take on necessarily i would assume if i was doing a batman book monthly uh the i mean batman's batman it's one of the that's never going to happen for one but in this construct of the world uh i would assume that would mean i it would allow me to not worry about anything else and i could just draw that stuff so i mean i think i could i'd probably get very tired at the end i'd rather I'd probably do like one and a half issues for a couple of months. I could probably do that, but then have a break and that would restore me to do more. Because you, you need a break. After like four or six issues, you need rest, especially if you're drawing the same sort of thing for the, for the whole time. You get a little, not bored, bored's not the word, but burnt out from um, drawing the same thing. Although Batman, you never get bored of drawing Batman. But um, yeah, you need you need a little cleanser sometimes. It's Which is why I mostly do miniseries. It's funny that you think uh, it would never happen because no. so many people would love your style on a Batman book. Like Batman lends himself to your style because you do that unrealistic realism. Like you know, it there's a sort abstract, of a, yeah, there there's a weight and a depth to your your art but it doesn't look realistic and that a character like batman works really well for that like that's why your batman work that you that you do put out looks so good it they they fit perfectly together well i really appreciate that thank you and if anyone's listening who wants to give me a batman book go ahead but <laughs> i think right now they're really they're paring things down and making sure what they are putting out is very solid probably not really risk-takey kind of eclectic kind of weird stuff but uh, unfortunately I would jump to do Batman. Batman would be great. Especially the thing yeah. with Batman is I almost like his whole villain gallery more than him, the Batman himself. To mm-hmm. me, he's got the most iconic villains yeah, and the craziest kind of interesting ones. They're not cookie cutter villains. They're all, they're not like kind of, I'm going to say the Marvel villains, at least in the movie sort of side where they all kind of blend in and you forget, oh, okay, that guy can do that. The Marvel, the, the Batman villains are very definite. They, they have their own, shtick each one so their own mental issues yeah. I don't what, know. what are one some day. of your favorites of batman villains yeah um oh joker's a big one obviously but um uh-huh. uh killer croc i quite like killer croc i did get to draw uh-huh. killer croc so but um don't really care about the riddler but i mean the batman who laughs is kind of the, the coolest one of late so but there's a lot of new stuff with the heavy metal too I'm sure uh, you're familiar with Dave McKean's work in Arkham Asylum. Oh, um, oh, I forgot to say, yeah, that that was the book that made me realize the potential of comics. Yeah. Like, oh, well, this is still kind of comics, a superhero, but it's not. It's just a dark mind fuck. It's a very psychological thing. So, you know, Grant Morrison and Dave McKean, uh, 
they got me started with that stuff really so yeah that was the that was a one of my earliest pivotal pivot pivotal books yeah. that and um war, war how do you enemy ace war war idol war okay. idol i think it's an idol I don't, I don't know how you pronounce that word because i'm a moron <laughs> um it, it was about a german the german fighter ace in world war one and yeah. that also taught me that like yeah comics don't have to just be they're just stories and they can have amazing evocative art they don't have to be realistic which is a shame because everything's trying to be realistic these days and i don't think it works not as much we're losing that personality in a lot of art styles and everyone's there's a lot more realism instead of just having fun you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I think I the think things that why... come along to do the best are the the artists who have their own strong style, like something that's very different, yeah. like Lieber Mayo stuff and Sean Murphy stuff. Like these things uh, really resonate with people because it's something different. Like, oh, look at that. That doesn't look like just oh, you know yeah. Batman in the blue cape with the yellow belt and. Yeah, well, Lee is able to get a sense of realism in there that is is jaw-dropping in that it's still quintessentially his style but it is it is still realistic in a way and i don't mean i'm not poo-pooing all realistic styles it's just that there's a it seems like there's a trend to get more realism in instead of more life in into a lot of i'm talking the broad spectrum i'm not singling anyone out but um you know i mean todd mcfarlane eric larson jim lee i mean all (laughs) All the image guys, like they weren't realistic guys in a sense. They were, they were abstract and they were cartoony, but there was a dynamism and a life there, and that's what made them the superstar artists of that of that time. You don't really see too much of that anymore. You don't see many superstar artists. Sean is probably one of them, and he's not realistic, really. I mean, he's fantastic, but I wouldn't call his style realistic. No, not in a sense of like, oh, I'm heavily referencing each photo face and stuff like that. But this is a stiffness that comes into some of those that I, I don't know, I don't become a fan of. I, I become, I'm more of a fan of like Mignola and Paul Pope and yeah, uh, Tradmore, Tradmore and people like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's so many good ones. Well, for me, it's all subjective. Ignore me. <laughs> but everything that you're naming, though, every everyone that you're naming are people who have strong styles. Like the, they're all all of those artists. Their work is immediately recognizable as them yeah i mean if, if yeah. ultimately if you want a career and you want i mean you don't want to be you want to be successful but you want to be known for your work having a strong style that is immediately recognizable is is definitely the way to go i mean there are a lot of people that they're kind of the journeyman kind of artists where they look reminiscent of other bigger people and they so they can get through you know on, on like smaller books and go yeah, yeah yeah he's like that guy so if you like that big guy that costs a lot of money you'll like this and that's a very company corporate thing to do but then those people don't really get to have their own voice and they don't get to shine the way they might want to truly draw something they're just aping what they think everyone else wants stylistically already i don't know yeah i, I have no idea what their perspective is or how they come to it that's just what i see i may be wrong but they they should speak for themselves i can't put words in their mouth so I'm just looking at the mainstream stuff. Within um, creator-own kind of stuff, it's it's a different ballgame, and anyone can do anything, which is great. So, but you guys like to talk that's about what that. Most, I right? think um, I, we we talk about whatever Batman brings us to, 
you know. Okay. So, um, you know, we've been lucky. No, it doesn't need they, to at all. Oh, we we they, have we they, they, we, they, we have yeah. we've had like Marvel guys on here that have never worked on Batman and indie guys. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I feel less. I, I think what's there. yeah. What's awesome is the listeners kind of follow us to kind of the the rabbit holes that we that we fall into, which is nice. But something that I think that you were touching on, um, something that you were touching on that I think like holds more weight now is um, the creator owned the indie stuff, like the crowdsourcing, the crowdfunding stuff. And I think that's like what's awesome is that it gives creators like you the opportunity to kind of really do whatever it is that you want to do on your own. And it gives the people who are fans of your specific style the opportunity to get like just the exact thing that you want to make that makes them love your work and can get it directly in their hands. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about like, um, I was, I was saying before we started recording, I was taking a peek at your Patreon and I got to say, and I hope the listeners take account that you probably have one of the best Patreons I've seen specifically. Um, you know, all the tiers are really cool. The $28 tier is really awesome because you get the prints, you get the, the individual book that you're making at, at the quarter, whatever it is that you're kind of working on at the time. Um, but then when you jump up to the kind of higher tiers, I don't know if there's that many artists that are doing what you're offering, which is um, number one, you can get drawn into like a book within reason. Um, another thing that you're doing. If it's relevant is, to the time. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that you're doing is um, you're sending out original art and like full pages, depending upon the tier. So like if you're working on a book and you're one of the higher tier, you know, um, supporters, you'll get like a full, like what you're working on right now might be something that you get once a month. Can I assert myself on one of the first things you said before you so graciously promoted my Patreon? This <laughs> is the crowdfunding and stuff as well. Um, you said the word indie. What, what does indie mean to most people? Does it mean independent? For me, That's like when I hear... Yeah, that's what, what I think of it as. I mean, like, um, not having. Oh, you're to not in trouble. Don't get me wrong. I'm not giving you yeah. shit. No, I, I think. Explain what... something, though. There's. Because we use these terms in, in, indie, independent, and mainstream. I want mainstream. And they're the wrong words to use. There is independent and corporate. Because corporate means con- controlled by other people. And that is still most comics. And a lot of comics that get called indie. So, like, crowdfunding, generally. You're truly on your own. You're 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 you are paying for human beings to make something that is their thing that they control, right? That's independent. So, and then you get, but there are all these smaller publishers in comics that get called indie, which kind of annoys me because I've de- I've dealt with them somewhat. I have a history with some of them. They help make my career, but they're not independent. And you are certainly not independent when you do a book with them necessarily. You get told what to, especially if it's a licensed book. But they're corporations. They're owned by vast entities and other people almost all of them i think pretty sure dark horse is the last well no no i think dynamite might be the only one owned by a like a single individual or a couple sort of thing rather than a huge investor group or some other corporation or something like that so to me and to me creator owned comics means well creator owned and creator controlled are two slightly different things too because i've done creator owned comics but they're not creator controlled comics because it turns out like the publisher has 50.1% control, which means they get the final say on stuff. So it's not truly creator owned comics. It's not creator controlled comics. 
So you get into this minefield of stuff. I just say corporate and non-corporate comics. <laughs> because you can't really, unless you know the back-end deal behind a comic, you're not sure who's really making the most money, if any, from from a property. And my, my goal as a creator is always to have, not me, well, yes, me, but any creator profit the most from their own work. That should be the ethical long goal of any of that stuff. If you're working on Batman, you know what you're signing up for. You don't own Batman. That's fine. <laughs> that's just a lot of fun. But with other stuff, it's like, yeah, corporate and non-corporate. And to me, yes, crowdfunding and Patreon, all about non-corporate, independent, your own stuff. You can have your own company. That's fine. But because, uh, you know, that's a tax thing. But, yeah, there's that. Sorry, that was a rant, wasn't it? It was a beautiful R- rant. Rant for welcome. <laughs> it's like because people use him indie, and it, sometimes, and I know you didn't mean it as this, but sometimes it's no, used. No, I meant it. I meant some it. people. Some <laughs> people look at it derogatively <laughs> and like, oh, it's indie, which means it doesn't have like the resources to back it up, or it's just lower quality, or. But it it turns out large comic book publishers don't do much anyway. Not in the, not in terms of marketing to the rest yeah. of the world anyway. Yeah, so. oftentimes indie seems to be used to describe any company that isn't Marvel or DC. Which also annoys me because there are other comic publishers owned by billionaires in the comic book industry. Mm-hmm. Or certainly controlled by billionaires, if not run owned by them outright. But, you know, there's a lot of money, like larger entities controlling these smaller entities in comics. There's very few truly independent small publishers. I mean, there are obviously a whole bunch, but they're very small. But, um, you know, yeah. um, it's a something that kind of goes kind of goes along with what you're saying is uh, something that I found to be very disappointing. And it matches up exactly with what you're saying is I remember um, when Valiant got rebooted mm-hmm. and um, they were doing, you know, the, the Shadow Man, they were doing Bloodshot and all these books that were really cool, quote unquote, indie or whatever. And I remember they had announced that, oh, we're going to do a Bloodshot movie, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's going to be awesome. Like a bloodshot movie. It's not going to be like one of these Hollywood studio movies. It's going to be like gritty and dark and everything. And as time progressed, it literally became a fucking Hollywood blockbuster movie. It turned into, oh. um, what's his name? Vin, uh, Vin Diesel. Diesel. <laughs> Calling it himself was Vin bloodshot. Diesel. It just, it just turned into a Fast and the Furious movie. And I remember being like, fuck, this is so far away from what I thought they were going to do. And it's the complete opposite direction that I thought they were going to go with. But turns out, just like you said, at some point, Valiant got rebought by I don't know who, and they got the producers of the Fast and the Furious movies involved with that movie, and it just turned into the same shit that you don't that I don't want to go see in the theater because it's the same movie over and over again with a different title. So it's like, damn it, you know. See, I get, I but get it, that. It but they're, they're owned by larger financial interests. I, I don't remember who they are, but. The thing with Valiant is they were always wanting to develop the, the universe and emulate Marvel. Everyone wants to emulate Marvel. So, of uh, course, they, they're going to make a, a, a as mainstream as possible Marvel-ish kind of look to that film. They're not going to make the – I still don't know how the Joker movie got made. Yeah. <laughs> but it did, and that was amazing because that's Crazy. not what they would make if they want to make money. They would make – they wouldn't take a risk. They're going to try and make it look like a Marvel film, aren't they? Yeah. I still haven't seen it, but um, – yeah. What uh, what oh, made that what what made that Bloodshot movie look even worse was the fact that shortly before it, uh, the Bat and the Sun guys did that uh, Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe. 
uh, they did a live action take on on all the Valiant characters, and their Bloodshot <laughs> looked like comic Bloodshot, and it was he looked outstanding, and he was played by the Power Ranger guy. Oh man, I love the, like Green that's Ranger. A, that's an independent yeah, production. Yeah, they they did this outstanding version of him, and then Hollywood comes out with you know Vin Diesel just looking like Vin Diesel called Bloodshot. Yeah, that's because uh, the people with money want as little risk as possible, so they'll go with yeah. what they know. They, in theory, they know probability-wise will make the most money or not lose much. Yeah. And Vin Diesel, so I like Vin Diesel. Uh, I don't know. I was I was more into Shadow Man than uh, than Bloodshot per se. To know, I mean, look, they still haven't made a really good uh, Punisher film either, and that's Marvel. So the the Netflix <laughs> Punisher stuff was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the show was really good. Yeah, I liked the Punisher a lot in the Daredevil uh, show. That's where it got me. I was like, okay, that's a good Punisher. I don't think I watched the finale of the the Punisher thing because that's when we knew it was never going to continue. So I'm like, mm. I'm not going to get into it because it'll break my heart. So yeah, yeah, he was yeah, good. That, Punisher. That, we that got was funny, the Let's... timing on that. Uh, speaking of that Punisher, to continue sidetracking us, we had one of the writers on from the netflix punisher series yeah and at the time that we spoke to him he didn't know yet they were waiting for the verdict to find out if they were going to get to make that last season or not like because they had they had another season written like the the whole season arc was written they had all of the uh episodes plotted out you know how what segments of the story were going to be told they were they were all ready to to go in and you know break down episode by episode and get ready to shoot and they were just waiting to find out if they would get to or not and then obviously as we all found out they they didn't get to we interviewed him the two days before they canceled it so we got we got that show canceled it wasn't his (laughs) fault they were cutting they were cutting down the whole tv line weren't they yeah, yeah every, they, they cut him, they cut Luke Cage, they cut... What was the other one they did? The Defenders, did. Iron Fist, fuck. Yeah. And what was funny was at the time, what everyone was talking about in the movies was Thanos killing 50% of the Marvel Universe. Oh, oh, and what happened at the same time was that Mickey Mouse killed 100% of the Marvel Netflix Universe. Yeah. They, they decided to do some corporate cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we'll kill them for real <laughs> at least for now i mean they've got they're probably just gonna whack a whole bunch of new stuff up on the new streaming service they've got now so yeah but these things take years to, to i don't know it sucks but it was really nice i actually met one um i think i, I met briefly at a con because cons are amazing for the grassroots sort of this i met the showrunner for uh iron fist briefly at a con he was very nice so like he was a cruising artist alley like that oh nice like that that's a grassroots thing to do man it's like you don't have to be here you're a hollywood guy you're mixing with you know you're getting whole things made and but you're meeting artists at their table and seeing the how the the stuff's made he he must have been a genuine fan of the medium so which is yeah. nice and not always expected of right. hollywood types so it's nice ben tell us about your tell us about your patreon tiers uh, i guess the keep... patreon uh, let's You've had a lot of guests on, probably that that are so your audience is savvy, right? Yeah, <laughs> they've the heard of Patreon before. Have they heard yeah. of Patreon before? Uh, yeah. Mostly OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> what is well, OnlyFans? Or, 
I'm more familiar. I'm more, fami- I, I'm, more, I'm more familiar with only Hans. That's uh, the website where you buy nudes of Hans from Simpsons. Hans from Simpsons? <laughs> yeah, the old Hans Molman, the the old man. Oh, oh right. right. <laughs> oh, now my mind is going to some dark places right now. <laughs> Good. That's what we wanted. You guys should start. Everyone's going to start an OnlyFans soon. <laughs> it's getting to that point right now. I'm going to have one, and it's just going to be my drawing hand. <laughs> hand. <laughs> a seductive hand. <laughs> oh, look at it. Touch it. Um, Do you moisturize? Look at that. Well, that no, I don't moisturize. Wow. It's just, it's just naturally, naturally supple. Wow. Naturally supple. <laughs> I give great massages if you're interested, just so you know. With your uh, hands or with your beard? Uh, both. <laughs> my wife Tom's likes been one. Looking, Tom's been looking for a good mustache ride. My, my wife likes one. My cats like the other. Uh. I'll let you decide which is which. <laughs> no, my cats like my which, beard. Which, on which Patreon tier do you get to choose which is which? On a new one I'm making up tonight. Yeah. Uh, so Pat, to cut a long story short, Patreon is like it's like a mini Kickstarter or crowdfunding thing where you have a project. Okay, so crowdfunding, people understand you back a project, it eventually gets made, hopefully. That's another long story. Um, and you get your, your thing, but then it's done, right? Mm-hmm. Patreon is sort of like an ongoing one where you back a creator and, and what they make gets to you. Or you get to look first, or you get to see the making of. Or I try to treat it, and I think if you're lucky enough to have a small audience anyway and you can bring them to that site, it's sort of like a fan club. It's a fan club. It's a sort of slightly pay-to-enter fan club because I want to give people access to me. I want to give them fancy things that I can create because they they afford me the opportunity to because I can afford to like, oh, I'll make that sticker. I'll make that print. I'll give everyone this this month or here's this new book that I've done with a special printing just for you. So I treat it as a fan club. It really is. And I've made probably... I've nearly made five complete projects, four comics, four comic series. Wow. Miniseries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them, one's over 200 pages. It's like a, if it was regular comics, it would probably be an eight or nine issue maxi series um, and an art book and a few other things and a lot of prints. So I, I do daily art. So I do I do a Saturday batter day. So I get to show people and I show full process too. So I show like, here's, here's my Batman for this week. And here's my, I started a new one called Cyber Monday, which is because uh, I'm really excited about the cyberpunk game coming up. So oh, I've yeah. decided to do a bunch of cyberpunky art. Cause, um, but this will eventually be seen in public. But what I do is I do a whole batch of art, like over eight weeks, and then I'll, I have a special store just for the patrons and uh, they can buy the art if they like. And eventually I'll put it up all in public as well, eventually. Um, But they get first crack at anything and they get prints of things. Well, when I do a book, like just to say, for example, you sign up for the $28 tier. I don't know how I decided on $28, probably because it was like, well, this is enough that if I get three months worth of that, it can afford me uh, to print the print this when it is done in three months and ship it to you. And what I do is, so you don't just get a book when I finish. I do two, I'm jumping around. On average, I do two pages a week, full process of one comic project. I have done more than one project at a time too, and I probably will be again soon. But after like two or three months, I have enough for a comic. 
usually, and I collect that, and I'll I'll print my own copies of that, exclusive to the Patreon. And but I don't just give you a book. I give you a book in a and prints several prints usually, of usually of things that I thought well this could be a cover, but do you want this as a cover or not? And they vote on which cover they want. So the other two get to be prints mm. uh, and stickers and I've done patches and badges and um and I put it all in a in a custom custom made wax sealed envelope. <laughs> so I send you like an entire pack uh, when a project is finished. Not a, not a project, but a, an issue of the project. So you get those um, very small edition. Uh, so it's a fan club and you get special things that are thank yous just to you guys. Um, I probably need to adjust the prices slightly in that if if I lose money on a lot of the, the stuff technically, because I mean, shipping, if you're outside of America, shipping a book will, will cost the one month fee anyway. So, so, but eh, I'll take a loss. It's fine. It's about the fans, but uh, it's really just being able to show a select audience who really do like your stuff. So I don't feel as conspicuous about things. Like, oh, are they going to like it? I'm not, I'm not needing to impress them because I already know they like my stuff, put it that way. So right. I, they just follow me on my journeys. And yeah. I, I ask them, what would you like me to do next sometimes? Because I have like, well, I'd like to do this project or this project. What do you guys think? And it's not about what will sell more or what will be more popular. It's about, I already want to do both of these. Which one would you guys like to see? So yeah, I'm coming up to that shortly because I'm nearly finished with my latest miniseries, which is, this is page eight of an issue that's going to be far too big at 34 pages. Wow. Uh, the final, final issue. And then of some of your tiers on some of your tiers, you actually give those, those pages out as part of the, uh, I of do the, uh, yeah, I need to check. I need to check if there's more people signed up for those because, uh, especially with the first issue, I have a habit of sending a page to, uh, with the first issue, at least, sending an original page in with some of the, the packs to the, I'm going to call them super backers, people that have been with me from the beginning who have contributed far too much to my rent. Um, <laughs> so I give them, I like putting in little presents and little extras, and you have a real relationship with some of them. And yeah. I don't mean sexually, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you get to know who they are and some, you'll meet them at cons. And well, I guess I, I mean, I like it as my fans. hopes for the Patreon are gone. Uh, well, like I told you, I give good massages. All right, there you go. I got supple hands, man. Supple. <laughs> and you got a beard, so like it's it's a plus, all right, right yeah. there. Yeah, I, I will do things for you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's the Patreon, and it it helps it helps pay my rent. Yeah. Um, but it the one thing it can't do um is because when you do have like a four three or four issue five issue six issue or nine issue mini series or an art book, uh, it costs. It it costs hundreds to print single issues when you go to a printer, but it for small numbers. But it's going to cost thousands to print a, a much larger tome, a collected tome. So to collect them, and some of them need to be collected rather than just offered as a single issue sort, sort of deal. Um, you probably have to go to the larger crowdfunding. So I'm probably going to have to get back into that game. Problem with that is I. I need to fix uh, an old one first because I, I got ripped off for a substantial amount of money on one many years ago, and I yeah. still need to refund a few people because uh, I, I lost about $90,000 probably. Shit. Holy shit. Well, that's what happens when you have a business partner who spends a lot of the money before the books are sent out. So 
Yeah, so I had heard about that through the. I can't remember if it was through your Twitter or if I think maybe you were having a conversation about it several times. But yeah, and it's fucking too bad because you're the last person something like that should happen to. So that's why. Well, it shouldn't happen to anyone. Right. The bottom line is with any crowdfunding thing, make sure the money, if your name is on the thing, that the money goes to you. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of nice organic lunches every day when when, when he's having lunch uh, because he did that. He spent some I was very trusting back then, so I didn't look at the company account. I never once spent any money from it because it wasn't my money. But uh, yeah, yeah. It did pay for a bit of the rent at the studio that we all shared, but that was a different... I mean, that's fine. That's running cost of helping me make the book. And I did get some money. I got enough money to live while I produced the actual book. The irony is I did that book to take one for the team anyway. So I only got paid negligible, enough to survive, basically, because that Kickstarter was meant to to write the ship for the little um, collective we had at the time. It was a different entity. It wasn't just me. It was an entity called 44 Flood. So, oh, yeah. But anyway, the, the guy that had a habit of spending a lot of that money um, decided to leave, which we, we were relieved at at the end because he was the problem in the in the scheme of things. He didn't he wanted to fire a lot of people and, and uh, control everything. He called it his company instead of our company. That's a little oh, man. slip. Um, that was a bit weird. But uh, So we had enough to print the books. Then I moved, which was partly to do with uh, all of that. Um, and then I was funneling money as best I could of my life savings to uh, ship as many of those books as we could. And uh, eventually I just burned out for a long time. And, you know, you get a little depressed about things like that. But uh, I think I'm coming back now and I think I need to – I think I have about $17,000 to refund. If I just get – because they're mostly overseas backers now. It's about 100 people that were owed some stuff. I don't think they'll ever get the books because I don't have the books anymore of what's left. Um, they're in another city and it's complicated and I would just literally be losing m- more money um, else, instead if I just didn't just refund them. It would probably be the cheaper option. But I do hope to print that book again because that was the most successful thing I've ever done uh, under my name. And now is the time for crowdfunding. So I have an awful lot of things that I can actually put out there because I've been very quiet for a very long time because of that situation. So eh, it's probably time to get back to it. Um, I've learned a lot. I've learned everything you shouldn't do and a lot of things you should do in in crowdfunding. So uh, we'll just wait and see. I don't know. But that's how to get the bigger things um, from my Patreon because I'll be doing the individual. I do a lot of prestige format um sort of uh, perfect bound 44 to 50 page comics they're nice they're not like your regular comic issue they're much larger so people get those but when you want to collect five of those into one with a nice cover um it gets a bit more expensive so you've got to go more the other route and then after that then you can go to a publisher and go to the direct market where people that don't really know you exist might still pick it up in theory if the direct market survives yeah which i hope it does we still need it it's still it's still like i don't know what that phrase is the it's the not the tail that wags the dog it's one of those phrases it's a it's a thing that drives everything else even if it's not the thing you should go to first as a single creator it's comics yeah. is i'm sorry i apologize if i'm getting boring too no, this is boring no Can't not at all 
I'm more bored about yeah, everybody not at else. All. You're fine. I don't get to talk to many people. I'm 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 a it's been a crazy time. It's a pandemic. So what do you think? I know. Well, no, it's maybe, nice. maybe I can touch on something else here. Then uh, you mentioned cy- you, you, you mentioned it. cyberpunk. Oh yeah, I am. You, you mentioned cyberpunk a couple minutes ago. Uh, were you t- were you referring to the game? Yes, only yeah. because saying cyberpunk 2077 is a bit more of a mouthful than saying yeah. the cyberpunk yeah. game. Uh, so are Absolutely. are you uh, are you very deep into games? Uh, yes and no. Not console games. Mm-hmm. PC I, gamer. So you're a real gamer. Well, Roger, huh? I'm I'm one of the. <laughs> I'm a strategy game guy. I like history a lot. So I grew up playing games. Okay, one of my first games, which blew my mind, was Leisure Suit Larry. Which was fantastic. Fucking, that game is the shit. <laughs> when you're a kid, that is oh fucking crazy. Oh my god, that game was the shit. I think I hit puberty because of that game. Um, yeah. That was a strange game. <laughs> then I discovered a game called Civilizations, which also blew my mind. And uh, so I like strategy games. War strategy and ancient ancient history strategy. So like there's the Total War series of games. And there's uh, Paradox Interactive make a whole bunch of games. There's one called Crusader Kings. Crusader Kings 2. And if you do like Game of Thrones before the final season, there's a game called Crusader exactly. Kings 2. Yeah, but it's got a mod. And the mod is the most accurate representation of the Game of Thrones world possible. And you can play any lord or uh, house you want, and you can literally do fucked up shit to everyone. Oh, nice. <laughs> you can play the Ironborn and take salt wives and castrate their men. Yes. You oh, don't literally shit. see them being castrated because it's a strategy <laughs> game, so you get pop-up boxes. But, well, then I'm out. Well, we'll talk. talk. Uh, <laughs> no, I play, so I play a lot of very dry games that you could... One game would, would last for weeks if you wanted to play it through to the end, but most people get bored. But uh, no, um, for real games, the generic... We'll, we'll call them the mainstream games, although they're all corporate because they're still corporations. Um Mass Effect was my big thing because I like dark science fiction. Oh, so, yeah. Mass so, Effect was amazing. Yeah. And I, I do want to play the Ghost of Toshima, however you say it. Um, that looks beautiful. Was into Red Dead for a little little while. Um, but Cyberpunk is going to be the closest thing to what I like next. And it looks amazing. And because I, I actually and got my hopes up that the, the company that makes it is quality and will not betray us. Mm. Unlike most game companies these days with the microtransactions and uh, I like a good single yeah. experience. And I'll give there was that. a there was a game recently that just got um so they like they they came out with the, what I forget if it was I forget what fighting game it was came out with the game a month into it then they started releasing ads in the middle of the gameplay so that the people Seriously? who were do- yeah so that the people who were doing the reviews for it wouldn't get it. And wouldn't talk about it. So a month out of release, they started putting ads in the middle of gameplay. Wait, so reviewers wouldn't talk about it? Right. So how does so that they, stop a reviewer talk? Because I, if I was a reviewer, I would very much want to talk about. It. You just put an ad in the middle of my game well, experience. So the way they did it was, you know, they released the, they released it, and so it was out for a month or so. So everyone who reviews the game plays it the first couple of weeks, yeah, and then yeah, after all great. the reviews come out, then you. Then you release the ads that were meant to be in there in the beginning. Oh right, right. So they held back. Right. Is what you're saying. They they had a fault, a fake product review before the real thing that they wanted yeah. to do hit. Essentially. Uh, yeah. That's 
That sounds pretty stupid. I don't mind ads if it helps the game survive in a, in a way, but not if it's in the middle of a fight. That would be stupid. Right. Yeah. Crazy stuff. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've tried online stuff. Um, you know, I like the constant updates, and yeah, you can have some ads in there, and I'll buy a little thing sometimes, but sometimes it's like that's not the way you should finance the entire thing, and I think yeah. they've gone overboard. So hopefully there's a backlash, and people just want some decent single-player games for a while, some immersive experiences i don't i don't mind like team player kind of stuff but i don't want i don't want to have to be sociable just to play a game if i don't want to be and i don't want to play play with a guy named d's nuts 69 because it kind of destroys <laughs> if, if you're in a if you're in like in a no war offense, thing d's nuts, if you're listening no d's nuts 69 because yeah. it kind of destroys the immersion a little if you see the oh there's d's nuts 69 going there's fluffy bunny 55 yeah just you know, imagine if they did that in movies. Oh, you can be a cast member for one scene and just suddenly Photoshop a guy, a random guy's face on. It's like, wait, who are you? It's like, oh, I paid money to be in this now. Yeah, it wouldn't. It takes you out of it. So I like an immersive experience. What What might be cooler? That I don't know if it would be more or less immersive, but instead of having ads, if uh, they could sort of organically, smoothly fit. Uh, product placement into the worlds of games you're playing yeah i mean i think the uh the last kojima game did that that that's stranding to a degree i think that did have a bizarre ad for his tv show on on um because my wife plays that one she loves it well did love it um there's like a bathroom shower thing in there and there's just a giant ad for what's his name from the walking dead's uh tv show on it which is very strange and kind of world-breaking <laughs> but funny <laughs> okay but it has like monster drinks in there, I think, and a few things. But I don't, I don't mind it to a degree. You got to try new things. But yeah. um, there's ways to be, to be respectful and have a have a have a an experience and a way to kill it. In uh in the new Last of Us game, uh, there's a Pearl Jam song that plays a large part Ooh. of the narrative of the, of the story. And there's a part in the game. Uh, it's the the majority of the game is set in Seattle. So it's sort of fitting that it's a Pearl Jam song that, you know, sort of plays a role in, in the story. It's but funny you should say that. Yeah. <laughs> you know where I live, right? Yeah, that, that's, uh, I, that's, I was thinking about that. Um, Eddie, but Eddie a, apparently a... lives, he lives in my neighborhood, apparently. And uh, the local records, the music store we were at one time, I think uh, he, he walked by me and my wife and my wife was very annoyed that she got asked to move. And not by him, by the person who was trying to treat him like royalty. Uh, I was like, yeah. don't you Yeah. So, uh, but I only saw the but, back of his head. But I instinctively knew, that's Eddie. Oh, that's no Eddie, one's yeah. treated like except Eddie, and that's Eddie. It was kind of, sh- yeah. Um, I haven't played it. My wife played it, and she said it was really cool to see, oh, I recognize this part of Seattle. This is, because um, we used to live downtown. But um, I have not played that game myself. Yeah, it's interesting. I yeah, I, I want I wanted to hear the opinion of someone who lives there and you know how accurate it was. But there's a part where you can like it's it's optional. You can go into uh, this music store, and while you're in the music store, you can see a Pearl Jam poster on the wall. Huh. So that's a cool thing. It's not- actually there's actually a part of the game where you push your wife out of the way. Because <laughs> you think so, you saw Eddie Vedder. Someone yeah. else told me if you're lucky, you'll just see him shopping at the local supermarket one time. I'm like, man, uh, Pearl Jam is one of my favorite bands too. So, yeah. so uh, that that would be cool. I like Pearl Jam, but 
I think Alice in Chains is probably my favorite yeah. out of that era. Hey, they were right up there, man. Demon, Stone Temple Pilots, Pilots, and Soundgarden were mine. Those four. Yeah. So, and some of them are still alive, but not many. <laughs> so I, I'm I sure has watched. Uh, I'm sure everyone has watched the movie Singles. Singles? Yeah. Uh, rings a bell, but I don't remember uh, it. Nineties, uh, you know, young relationship movie set in Seattle, but a bunch of like, you know, you'll see Chris Cornell pop up in, you know, like just outside of an apartment building during a scene, and right. uh, the, the the movie's full of, you know, the characters going to like Alice in Chains shows and stuff like that. See, the the sad thing about that is with the tech boom in Seattle, it's really destroying Seattle in a way, in that there's so much development. Well, this is pre-pandemic at least. There was so much development going on that a lot of the old little sound studios that like people like Chris Cornell first recorded at, and like they, they did the music that became huge. You know, all of that history and stuff, that's being demolished, and they're just putting up condos and offices and stuff like that. So that was in the news last year, I think it was. Well, before he died anyway, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah we're losing all this history. This is where those albums were recorded. And I was like, no, no, gone now. Well, in, uh, in The Last of Us Part Two, uh, Seattle is properly destroyed. Uh, a very post-apocalyptic oh, version of it. You mean it's San Francisco? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone I know from San Francisco has moved out because it just got. I mean, unless you work for Google or whoever, it's just so expensive and yeah, it sucks. But yeah, I would like to see a. I would yeah. Well, we may be having a post-apocalyptic uh, experience soon. Anyway, we'll never we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> it feels like we're living in it. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. But uh, I don't know where, where you guys, but after the, the and this is not being political. This is just stating what happened, obviously, uh, after the George Floyd. Um, his name is George Floyd, right? I, yeah. I'm not yes. butchering the name. Um, Seattle did have literally right down. I didn't live there at the time. I just we'd moved like six months earlier. But like r- right around where we were living, there were there was real riots and vehicles on fire. And uh, a guy had to grab a, an assault rifle off a off a. I'm going to call him. I'm not going to say that guy was a protester because you probably shouldn't pick up an assault rifle uh, in a riot situation because that's not going to go well for anyone. But like there was there was high tension all the way around and fires burning everywhere. So we nearly got to the game. We nearly got to the game. Yeah. Uh, for better or worse, I'm not saying <laughs> the obviously protesting is a good thing. Riots probably a little more dangerous for everyone involved, as we're finding out. But I think things are going to get a lot worse before they get a lot better with. Uh, social tensions i'm st- i'm not trying to be political i just we're all in a shit show right now of life yeah i just want people to be happy and safe that's not too much we're all in agreement and social there. justice for all i might add so yeah uh, that's why i love america man your politics is insane <laughs> it's f- a fucking game show <laughs> yeah it is a game show right now but uh australian politics used to be like that like we- we're like your little brother but we never got as cool as you because you had this. <laughs> I think I'm in safe territory. Even if you're a Republican, you can look back now and say Sarah Palin, Sarah Palin was a little bit of a mistake because she got so many. She was fun. She's we just not looked even, at, like that. That's not even like when you look back, though, you're like, I feel like I would have welcomed her. Kind of yeah. Compared to, she's she's harmless. Yeah. But during the time of that, I think I don't think I was living in America at that time of that but we were just looking on with our mouths open going is is this for is this serious is this yeah. for, is this uh because but there was so many so much comedy gold came from her 
right. now things are a little more serious, unfortunately. Wasn't that a good time? Wasn't it great when all, when the worst that would come out of it was a really funny sketch? <laughs> yeah. That's the well, worst. But but also the sketch could literally because people um oh what was her name? They mistake her for the real for the oh, real Tina Sarah Palance <laughs> or what she said. Tina that's Faye. when you know that good comedy hits is because yeah. it, it says something that you th- wasn't necessarily really said, but may as well be because that's what they were getting at, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah I can see Russia from my house. There you go. <laughs> that's famous now. So, uh, Again, I'm not trying to pick a side, although I am obviously on one side much more than the other. But uh, you can guess which side. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'm trying not to. I, I've taken the a alien side. <laughs> I I call myself. I refer to myself as a dirty immigrant, just uh, <laughs> because I, I'm Australian. I am dirty, um, <laughs> but I am also an immigrant, so I have the immigrant perspective on 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 things. So in some ways, I know how some things can easily be better and improved, especially with healthcare. And on another level. Well, you guys are different from me. I can't claim to tell you you're wrong on your own culture because I'm part of that culture now. And that's America's American culture is taking other cultures in as well and mixing them up a little. But I'll never understand the whole gun thing that you guys have as a culture. And maybe also the college sports. Oh, no yeah. one has yet explained to me yeah, college yeah. sports. In it's, that, just, it's funny, isn't it? Like we just have kids that beat the shit out of each other and we love it. Oh, that's fine. And, 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 and they don't and they don't get paid for it. They're not allowed to make money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but the, the schools is, make tons. Yeah, but you're you're I'm called them universities because um they make, they cost so much money to get into and all of this stuff, and then they spend the highest paid public servant in the state, in many states, some states, is a freaking football coach. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Well, why are you paying for that? More there, more so than like a surgeon for that university. You see, I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a capitalist in that sense, in that that's private industry. That should be there's a whole sector of that. There's the NFL and the NBA and all of, like they can pay money and train people and get the good people. Yeah, you can like do it as an amateur thing, and they do. But there's so much money in. When I went to university, I went there to learn. I didn't go there to play sport, and I don't understand why it's a sport thing here. That's just a weird thing. Money. It's just it brings in so much money, billions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is with that, here's the thing with that. It does. It's not like it lowers the fees for every other student to go to that. Because if it did, it would be cheaper than most of the rest of the world, which is the opposite. It's that's the crazy thing to me. Yeah, it's it's and they they just started this past year, um, finally allowing um, some of the athletes to receive compensation. You know, because before, if like you ever got. If you ever if you ever received any type of help or anything, even if it wasn't monetary, if it was anything like, um, you know, like giving a family a car to a, a player's family, a car giving housing to a player's family like that was illegal. And so now mm. they're finally at least starting to kind of like, you know, change things up, which is it's it's way Do, long overdue. And you, you mean on top of the, the scholarship they get to go anyway, right? Correct. Yeah. Because yeah, so half the time they don't make the cut except they make the cut for athletics. Right. Right. And they on purpose don't give them enough time to properly study anyway, do they? Because it's yeah, like, they it's, like they're gaming the whole system. No, it's yeah, it's it's all it's all you, they're an employee really, but you don't get paid. You're there, you're a, almost like a volunteer. And the thing That's is crazy. your your scholarship technically, quote unquote, your scholarship is your payment, you know, the ability to get a free education, but you're not even really being educated, to be honest, you're being forced to play. So Yeah, um, that's what I mean. It's like yeah. I see so many weird See, we don't have that in Australia. Well, I mean, we we have teams and things, but they're 
they're very more amateur and they're not like our culture of like, oh, well, we'll spend so much money on this. It's like, no, 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 you have a hockey team and, yeah, you'll go and compete occasionally, but yeah. we don't yeah. pay for that. It's all yeah, amateur. I have, um, that, that's how it is here in Canada too. We don't have the the big college sports uh, phenomenon. Yeah. Well, I think um, you're either... I have... the, you're either the, 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 the Australia of the North or we are the Canada of the South, my friend. We both have either the one. Queen. I'm a Republican, and I don't mean an American Republican. I mean, I don't like the Queen. I want the Queen gone. You guys have the Queen, too. Well, it, it, to, to a degree, yeah, in that uh, we're a member of the Commonwealth still. Well, in a sense that she could sack your entire government, right? Or can she not sack your government? No, I, I, don't, think, I don't think she has any particular power. We just... Uh, recognize her as a nice lady with a pretty hat yeah but do, do you have forgive me for this 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 quick segue do you have a governor general uh i believe we have something like that we have uh I, i'm not sure if we still have that mm, that would make you a republic if you didn't like your head of state who is your head of state uh, as well, like we, we have uh, our prime minister. That so, is not the head of state, my yeah, friend. I, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know uh, what the head of state is. We're getting a lot yeah, of education on this episode. Well, usually or, it's not. Uh, or in a republic, it's usually it. a president. <laughs> but in a, in a Commonwealth country, in a in a parliamentary, um, what do you call it? Democracy, but we're monarch. We're a constitutional monarch, monarchy, sort of thing with a parliament. Um, so Australia has a governor general, and I'm sure Canada kind of has. I don't, I don't want to look it up, but uh, <laughs> you guys have something similar. And she is the Queen's representative. And say the Queen has a bad day, yeah. or or the whoever the governor general is, or the equivalent uh, has a bad day, they can fire the whole government and call a new election. Mm. Um, and I I'm a Republican in a sense of I'm I want a republic for Australia because I don't like that. Yeah. To answer your question yeah, about to to answer your question about the gun thing for us, I I've always kind of like, um, because I'm not like, as an American, I've never really cared about. Ha- I mean, having a gun one way or the other. I've gone to gun ranges and stuff, but really, it's all about like if you look, if you look back, it's just ingrained in the culture and history of yeah. our country. That well, hunting's big here. I know that. Yeah, but I, I think just in general, like violence, violence in general is such a um, it, it's rewarded and it's uh, revered, you know, because through violence and force, we kind of get where we are and, and we get what we want. And, you know, it's always been through our history. It's been how we get by through through violence. And so, you know, you yeah. look at our sports, our sports are extremely violent, the most popular sports that we have. You know, especially like the, the combat sports, the one on one, like the UFC and the boxing, like the ones that bring in the most money. Those yeah. are the most violent sports that we have. And it's the most popular. And so it's kind of like it's sadly in our DNA and it's perpetuated by I don't know about you guys in Australia and I don't know about Canada, but in the U.S. Um, this is such a fucking nerd rant in the U.S. There is only we only allow six weeks of paid leave for oh. a, a mother who's given birth. Um, anything after that, you know, you got to figure out how to do it with your health insurance or with your work, but six weeks, you know, you give birth to a kid and you you can only take care of him at home for six weeks. And, um, there's fucking multiple studies over generations that, 
say that from the age of zero to four, that's the most important time for a child to bond and learn about, you know, the world and, and to kind of create their sense of self and to create this sense of um, basically sense of uh, security. And if you don't have a bond with a parent at that time from the, from zero to four, your whole sense of the world is 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 now influenced by however you are raised at that time. So we have six weeks where you can bond with a child and who knows what happens after that, where you're sending your kid. So, you know, we have number one, a society that is built upon violence and that rewards violence. And then number two, you got a society who isn't staying home and raising their kids correctly. And so you kind of combine that with a lot of other shit that we got going on. And that's how you, that's how you get us. Mm. So it's, it's, it's complicated. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna take a lot to fix us. I people, I know, because a lot of people say like, "Oh, you just gotta take the guns away." And I, I would no, love no one will ever take the guns away. It's well, in the even constitution. If they, even if they did, like, let's just say we lived in a world where they did take all of our guns away, we're so yeah. fucking violent as a people that there we would find a way to kill each other, you know, mm. so. with spoons if you had to. <laughs> I think um, as a as a dirty foreigner. I will. Say, okay. I don't know if this is the same in Canada, but you tell me. But um, when I first learned, you could go into a department store like Walmart. What we have Target in Australia, or we did, I think. Um, it's like a, you can buy clothes. You buy everything except fresh fruit. So whatever you call that store, but it's not a fancy department store like um, Nordstrom or something. But you can go into them and buy guns and ammo. That just blew my mind. It's like wait, yeah. wait, you just I'll pop into the Walmart and buy a. Buy a thousand rounds. I think I um, think here you, guys you can buy. Such, yeah, you can buy guns. I don't know such, if you can buy ammo in all of them. Yeah, guns are not illegal in Australia. It's just you have to have a really good reason to have one, and there are plenty of really good reasons to have one. Um, and I know it's in it's in the Constitution in America, so you'll never truly get rid of it. Not that I actually want that, because people should have the right to certain things in certain situations. But um, I know there were certain court cases in the Supreme Court, at least from the 80s onwards sort of thing, that slowly said everyone should have certain rights to certain things, which really opened the floodgates for a lot of stuff. But um, it's very complicated. Um, I have friends with firearms. I live in a, in, a, in a state where they have signs at the bar saying, please leave your, your firearm outside of this area of the bar. Because <laughs> <laughs> drinking and shooting are, are, uh, at the same time probably bad. But um. I don't know, man. And, uh, I, I don't to, pretend uh, to, to preach yeah. stuff, except that to, I do dislike the NRA because they, this is my one real political thing. The NRA are evil on one count alone. When I was uh, in my college years in Australia, we had at the time the biggest um, gun massacre in, in, I guess, in history, in the Western world at least, um, in Port Arthur. And so, you know, I was already trying to do American stuff. So I obviously read America. I read the news and the NRA came out and said all these lies about Australia, about how we reacted to uh, to dealing with the, the problem of this crazy guy. He had he had issues getting a gun and doing what he did because he shouldn't have been able to do that. And so he, we even had a conservative government at the time to do this whole thing, which actually helped. And we haven't had uh, a gun massacre since. Certainly not on that level. We've had small incidents. But um. Yeah, they made up all these lies. I'm like, that's how I know you're a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. they're interested in their agenda more than a solution. So they're so they're so powerful here that we can't do any longitudinal studies on gun violence in our country because of their influence over our legislation. 
So we 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 can't figure out like any correlations between gun violence and mental health, gun violence and whatever, because the NRA yeah. literally is so powerful. They don't allow it through our through our laws. It's fucking insane. Well, not through your well through your laws. I I would say more through your politicians. There you go. Through those who influence the laws. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. America. The things that happen in America would be considered complete bribery in Australia, but they're considered <laughs> but they're considered yeah. normal practice in America. Right. It's like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and but we're getting worse. But man, the the level yeah. of lobbying bribery kind of right. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, and, and, and that's not know, even a political statement. That's just a damn everyone. Yeah, but. it's funny because, you know, say what you want about um, John McCain, the Republican. Um, yeah. You know, say what you want about him as, as whatever. But he was one of the last guys who really tried to fight for um, reforming um, yes, he did. finance laws. Yep. You know, because uh, he understood that there is just way too much money in politics and there's just way too much influence in in um and how an individual who goes into politics can be swayed by money. Yep. And uh, what's his fucking name? Mitch McConnell, that piece of shit. That guy yep. is super evil. That guy made it dance around. He, he was able to dance around and say there shouldn't be any limit to what, uh, you know, uh, someone can give you as a. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's Citizens fucking right. <laughs> you know, I, I can't remember. Oh, the you're way bringing out the inner liberal in me. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I you're amongst this friends. about politics. Yeah, you're amongst friends. I think I think for the most part, I think um, regardless of which way you stand, right or left, the the real travesty is how much of a business it all is at the end of the day, and that's really yeah. the the shame of it all. But the, and there's there's heavy vested interest in keeping things the way they are. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they the, they're funding as many Democrats as Republicans. They like having it both ways. So when right, we right. finally come to push back again, going, okay, we got different people in now, we can change some stuff. It's still going to be really hard because yeah. money talks. The it Democrats sucks. love because, you know, um, the the thing that the Democrats have been able to do is, you know, the Republicans have been been the, the party of business for so many generations and they're good at it and they know where to get it from. The Dems have been kind of like following up and trying to catch up. But one of the grossest things is how much bi the big pharmaceutical companies have sway over us now yep. and how um, how many politicians, the big pharmaceutical companies are influenced by. And like no studies on certain effects of drugs on, you know, uh, over time and all this stuff. And it's just really crazy and sad. You know, it's just like, man, speaking as an Australian who comes from a socialist healthcare system, I know what. Yeah, you guys are insane. Not you personally. <laughs> but, uh, but, but that is every other country in the. The one, the only real difference between American healthcare or American drugs and the rest of the world drugs, literally the rest of the world, not just the Western smart countries, Americans are the only people in the world that pay retail prices for drugs. Everyone else pays a wholesale price because everyone else's government goes to that drug company and says, uh, we'll buy a million doses of this. What kind of discount are you going to give us? Mm -hmm. And they in America, nah, -uh. even through an insurer, it's bullshit because you guys, your insurers are state by state. There, there's a law that says they can't operate nationally, basically, right? So each one is its own individual company in a state, and they can only make small deals based on a small population for only their members within one state. So they'll never have the buying power. Only the government has the true buying power like that. And, I, and that's getting boring and dry, but like, you know, there, yeah. there's ways to do things that make it easy for people to live. 
But isn't it funny? Isn't it funny how how we've done so well to demonize the term socialized healthcare? Yeah, well, because socialism means something completely different here than most. I mean, socialism means different things in different countries. Where I'm from, man, I've lived here too long. I don't know what it's. <laughs> where I'm from, I would be, and I'll, I'll, because it's not, because I'm also pragmatic and practical in, in what I would choose to do. But where I'm from, Bernie Sanders would be a moderate normal politician yeah. he would be a moderately <laughs> slightly left left of center politician he's only arguing for th- most of the things that australia already has yeah. and is currently in the process of getting rid of slightly because we're on a center right party sort of right now so uh, that's controversial here i would probably be a communist i used to joke oh i'm a communist here not that i'm actually a communist but <laughs> other people would believe those beliefs to be communistic even though no i'm i'm a capitalist um i just believe in a clear definition of what's capitalism and what should be owned by everyone yeah like public should, utilities and things like should, that we should get ben on an episode with john Dolmayan. <laughs> oh man <laughs> i love having friendly discussions with people with different views i really yeah, do. I so like does john is the same way it's funny because Dolmayan is like uh right now at least he's like very far right leaning you know Ooh. for specific but, reasons but that's he's a, there's a spectrum of that because there's social stuff and then there's economic stuff. And sometimes yeah. you can agree with social and not, you know, one or the other. So what right. is he? Is he a it's both? more economic? No, it's, I think his is his is more economic, right leaning. Is he a libertarian? Mm, with the way the way we got him to describe himself is he's more of a centrist, but he leans well, right. American on a lot centrist. Of, American centrist, but yeah. he he leans right on a lot of um social issues right now. Because he like he's he's he hates Democrats right now, basically, is what he said. The party. Know, he's, the he's a team party. player. He's a team player. He's yeah, right, right now he's about is. tribe. But it's funny because like they're all the same team at the end of the day, though. The ones yeah. in power. That's well, that's the problem with the system, right? Is that to play the game, you have to betray everything you believe in. All yeah. the the thing, the one thing that blew my mind, and I know this is probably boring to a lot of people. But when you're like a Congress person, congressman, woman, you have to spend like two hours every day just phoning people asking for money to fund your, your re-election campaign. Like yeah. that is not what you were put – like that is crazy. That's not yeah. your time well spent, and that's your work day. Yeah. That's crazy. There needs to be a better system. There's that, uh, there's that funny meme where it's Bernie Sanders, and it says, I am once again asking you yeah. for financial help. But it's, I mean there's variations of it, but – yeah, it's That's where uh, all of his money went. Yeah, uh, it's funny. Yeah, yeah, they got to do it, but yeah, I love politics, by the way, but I love process as much as I mean, I have my own beliefs, whatever they are. But the system, to me, an election day used to be like a Christmas day. Like I love it because this is like <laughs> a it's a it's a reality TV show. It's it's about there's going to be a winner and a loser. It's like a sport. It's a game. Yeah. Right. Except it's a game that really does affect things and people. Yeah. So it's one that matters. But now it's just everyone's into politics. So everything's so amped up that I, I at least on social media, I try not to talk about it too much because I know what I what I think. And I know a lot of people already are, uh, screaming about everything. So I don't need to add myself to that mix anymore because there's other people that do it better anyway. Yeah. And I, I will just focus on trying to bring light and nice things to people in these darker times. Exactly. Because I mean, I'll still say my piece, but I don't know. I don't like to inflame anything anymore. It gets depressing. It gets really depressing. 
Exactly. It just gets depressing about it. It's really depressing. Um, It's funny because... If I could vote, I'd vote for Biden. Obviously, just so everyone knows. You vote squid. I would vote squid. I I have a T-shirt. It's on sale on my website, actually. Uh, Boom. um, Is it uh, Heed the Call, Vote Cthulhu? (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because my most recent issue and concern... And which makes me realize that both sides are kind of full of shit is the reality of what's happening with uh, the unidentified aerial phenomenon and how they're just kind of slowly starting to little by little tell us, oh, yeah, aliens are out there. Oh, yeah, aliens are real. Oh, yeah, we have some technology. And it's like no one's talking about this, really. We're not going to talk about this. We're just going to, like, sweep it under the rug. And um, it's just it's it's crazy as you put it on the uh, you put it like, you know, up against everything that's going on right now, you know, there's 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 much bigger real world things that are important that it seems like we're all distracted by this right versus left, this one side versus the other side. And at the end of the day, can, whatever... I, can I can I tell you a real quick anecdote sure. that may help you with that? And I'm not surprised anyway. Obviously, I read the news. I love UFO stuff. I love horror stuff. I love serial killer murders. I love everything like that. Right. Um, my ex-wife, I think her I think it was her uncle. She told me once that he told her, because um, he used to be in the Air Force, and he, he uh, had occasion to visit certain areas, shall we say, a certain hangar. And oh, he, shit. No, no, no. It's just, and he did say, um, there's things in there you wouldn't believe. But that, that was all that he was able to say. Hmm. So it's like, I, I believe. believe that. I know there's I tech a generation ahead of anything we've got anyway, regard, even if it's aliens. but I believe. I, I believe there's aliens. When I say aliens, I mean other entities. Um, they may come from a different dimension because there's we live in a three-dimensional world, but with the whole the way quantum physics and everything's going and the theory of multiverses and, and different dimensions, it's like, who knows? It could just be us from a different dimension that have bled through oh and figured God. out how to do that. Who knows? That's so scary to think about. Well, that that's what some people think uh, the Mandela effect comes from is yeah. – that uh, you know, people who are in the minority that believe that remember an event or you know, uh, whatever the the uh, example is, remember it to be different than what the majority do. The the theory is that they slipped over from another universe where that was the case. Yeah. Can, uh, is he, quick thing, quick thing. Do you, do you believe the universe is infinite? Yes. Well, for me, yeah. Infinity is big, right? Infinity means we actually repeat. If you go far enough, there's another you. And there's more than another you. There's an infinite number of you. So there is a universe, a part of the universe. If the universe is infinite or if there's infinite multiverses, there's a version of you. uh, There's a version of Steve out there married to Jennifer Aniston. Wow. And then you break up with her and get with Angelina. (laughs) Yeah, but there's also a version of you out there that married her and had 20 kids. So. Because it's I'd rather, I'd rather stay with Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll st- I'll, I'll, I'm married to Winona Ryder out there somewhere. So nice. Hey, My wife so knows it's fine. Speaking of Hangar 18, um, didn't you do something for a Megadeth book uh, like last year or the year before? Uh, wait. Um, oh, okay, okay. Um, what did I do? I did a short story. Um. For uh, yeah, it was Megadeth's thing for heavy metal. Mustaine. Yeah, yeah, I got to sit next to him and yeah, uh, okay, there was the there was like eleven 
creative people and him in the middle. And for some reason, I got to sit next to him. Right next to him. Um, I'm vaguely familiar with Megadeth. I'm more of a grunge guy myself, obviously. But I, my wife's huge into heavy metal, so she was freaking out. But he did nothing but talk to me the whole time. And there was oh, other nice. fans. There were huge fans of Dave around me, around us. But he talked to me mostly. And I felt so bad because all he would do is tell me dirty Michael Jackson jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was great, but we got. I think it was because I had an accent. He thought, oh, he's, he's interesting. So he just, oh, it was great. But like, I'm like, dude, these other people love you, and like, I, I know who you are, but like, talk to them. That that might have been part of why he wanted to talk to you because you weren't a fanboy. Maybe. Yeah, yeah Maybe. I, I remember I, it was so odd yeah. because there, uh, it was at the heavy metal booth, and I, I was trying to get like they had like. The the book was part of like this box set for the rec for a record. Yep. So like you had to buy the whole box set. So I went to the booth trying to buy it and they're like, No, you can't buy it here. And I was like, Okay, where uh-huh. do I buy it? And they're like, You have to order it online. And I was like, But can I get it signed here? They're like, No. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> well, they weren't selling the, the, the album there, were they? Then it's in San Diego. I, I think you were at Oh you San were, Diego. Yours was at C two E two, so I don't know what they had there. The record, the record thing just sounds probably more complicated because it probably had to have label involvement somehow. Yeah, I think I think like, uh, with you, you, wherever you were, I think they were selling it separately, but you had to get it as like the box set where I was at. So. Oh, okay. I only remember signing a book. There was no um thing to go with it. But. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what it was. You guys, you guys had the book. Yeah, Tim. I think but Tim yeah, Seeley was right next to you. Uh, you're probably right. I don't remember. I only remember the other side. <laughs> um, I've also I did a, an album cover for uh, Fear Factory once too. Oh shit! No way. Yeah, that was Which a weird was story that? because uh, Burton contacted me. I think he's the, Burton's the singer, right? Yeah, Burton, Burton C. Bell. Yeah. yeah. I, see, didn't the thing I learned the hard way is with musicians is if you're gonna work with musicians, make sure their management's involved. Make sure oh, wow. uh, the label or like the business side of it. Yeah, because it was great. He asked me to do some stuff. I'm like, oh, I know a few factory. That's cool. So I did an image based on what he kind of wanted, you know, his ideas. Um, and then he said, oh, I love it, love it, great. And then he said, oh, I showed the other guys. They're not really keen on it. Can we change this and this and this? I'm like, wait, wait, wait. You should talk to them first. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ended up paying me for the cover himself, which I don't think is how it normally works when you have like when you're a big band, you have structures and managers and stuff um and they did use the cover but what they did was they completely inverted it so it's literally a negative image of what i did it's it's kind of like two ffs uh and ff put into a weird skull type thing yeah it's weird but uh remember what album was no (laughs) yeah that that band that band is i mean it's not no surprise you you describe it that band is a mess right now like as far Uh, as they're suing the shit out of each other both sides Oh really? Uh, this was years ago. So, yeah, so but, probably right after that. Because if he was in the band, I, I don't even remember if their guitarist Dino was in the band at the time. But they sued each other once before, then they got over it, got back together, and then now again they're like suing the shit out of each other again. So, Damn. Yeah. That sucks. But I mean, it's like comic book artists in a okay with less suing involved, but yeah. we're all crazy creative people, right? Yeah. And then you mix business in with that, and there's going to be interesting things because we're all eccentric we're, eccentric is what you call crazy people with money right so if you've got a bit of money you don't have to be just crazy on the street ranting you get to be eccentric and sue the other people and all that sort of stuff you know only green m&ms 
but um uh i have a history with some music stuff like that i also did a oh i can't remember the name of the band but i did a one-shot whole comic that never i don't think it saw print but it ended up being for the guy that actually ended up co-owning uh heavy metal but he no longer does but that was i so i did a, a comic set in hell to do with a band and then i've also done um okay have you I think it was in America. Have you ever heard of a reality kind of TV show called Rockstar Supernova? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so was I was that? in Australia, right? Yeah. You know the 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 group the the Black Crows. I think it was the Black Crows. Yeah. Yeah. There's a guy named Johnny Johnny Colt. He was the bass yeah. player, I believe. Their singer he was my work. He was a fan of my work. Oh wow. He shot me an email one day when I'm still living in Australia, and he says. Hey, I really love your work. I'd love to meet you. You should come to one of my concerts. I'm uh, touring right now um, for this thing called Rockstar Supernova, where we we're touring with the the guy, the lead singer we found through the show, right? Yeah. I forget his name, Lucas something. So it was him, Tommy Lee from Motley right. Crue. Yeah. The guy I always forget the name of from Guns N' Roses, who's not the famous one. Uh, oh, uh, Gilby Clark. Who, which one? The guitarist, Gilby Clark. He was just he was that just like a touring. Yeah, that would be him. He, yeah, so it was those those guys choosing the lead singer, and they did they did a tour, and so we did a tour in Sydney, and I had to explain to him, unfortunately, that's five hours by plane away from my city <laughs> across the country, because Perth to Sydney is like LA to New York, it's like that much distance, yeah. on coast to coast. So, but he said, oh fine, I'll fly you out. So he flew oh, me out. Shit. I actually got to watch the show from backstage, have some interesting conversations, and watch um. Gilby, Gilby was doing nothing except right before the performance. He was just on his laptop, right, looking at eBay, buying classic cars. Holy shit. Like really cool old classic cars. And, um, yeah, that's the – yeah, he's showing the the thing. Uh, and Johnny was awesome because, you know um, – so after the show, we got on the bus and we went back to the, the hotel. And I <laughs> we hung out for a brief period in Tommy Lee's hotel room. And he had a gaggle of like fangirls around, and then we, being the, the married men, left before any shenanigans. <laughs> Hilarious. Tommy, Tommy Lee was literally a twelve-year-old in the man's body. Yeah. So I did like a, a print for each of them as a gift, saying "Thank you so much for getting me out." It's like, oh, you're the shark teeth guy, like because the vampires had shark teeth. Shark teeth. Very excited. <laughs> They're all very nice. But man, you you have some interesting fans from all walks of life, and occasionally they come out. That's so, cool. Yeah, yeah, I did that's... not expect that. And I was only in my early 20s, wow. mid-20s at that point, probably. So this is a crazy thing. I, I'm not bragging. I'm trying to explain that um, it's a very interesting job I do. Obviously, my art is liked by someone, which I'm very thankful for. But if you want to do comics, you will have the most amazing – and you have any degree of success, you can have the most amazing life and life right. experiences. You'll never know where, where life will take you. And if I can do it, being the moron I am, anyone can do it. <laughs> um it's honestly funny. it's like that sort of perspective is what i'm trying to get across but yeah we, it's uh, fucked up we had it on jim ballant and um he back in like the early 90s went to go see uh um kiss and oh, yeah. he was like a member of their fan club or something so he got to do like a meet and greet backstage like i think either yeah. before or after the show so he took his portfolio and uh Ooh. he was i think he was either on catwoman at the time or he had just finished Catwoman so he had like all his Catwoman original art and so yep. he goes to this meet and greet and he like shows 
all the guys like he shows like um you know gene simmons and all these guys and peter chris you know he's showing him like the the comic book stuff and he's like i'm a big fan of you guys like you know i do catwoman comics and then just based off that like he started getting to do covers for him. he's done a couple of covers for like a couple of the oh, comics nice. now yeah but I was, gonna, I was gonna say it's weird to take your portfolio to a rock band. <laughs> i mean I, I think but, he had a mission you know what i mean yeah yeah but the like, other thing is gene simmons love him or hate him and i mostly hate him uh he never stops thinking about money and business i was like yeah oh, i can yeah. use this guy dude copyrighted the symbol that's you know like the money bag like the the yep. bag with the dollar sign on it he copyrighted that that's well, insane just to say you know my wife my wife used to work at a vets in la and uh in in the hollywood area and uh his delightful family would come in and anything you think about them that's negative is pretty much true based on her experience <laughs> with them in real life so yeah yeah it's not uh it's a shame because you know he could have a lot of fun in life but not yeah. being a dick oh he's he's a known fucking asshole hey i um, know gene, i just let you know extends to the rest of their family gene simmons if you're listening fuck you you're an asshole he's gonna buy the show and we'd love to have you on we we'd love to have you on you don't abuse me enough you should abuse me more <laughs> oh man that's good shit ben we we fucking had you on for like yeah two man this was all fucking awesome we, we just took up so much of your time you mean i'm not boring no you're we, we just awesome. did uh two hours I'll, or something i'll keep chatting if you want but if you want to go that's fine we've meant to have you on for a while now we um you've been one of our favorites for a long time yeah, I'm thank surprised. you for your poor taste in art. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like I can stick around, but if you want to go, that's fine too. I'm just uh, erasing pencils on all my my inks right now. We don't oh, have gramps with us, but should we do a lightning round? Yeah, we, What's a lightning? Uh, absolutely we can should. we can wing a lightning round. Robin, you want to wing a lightning round? Yeah, well, we can we can wing it. The, the lightning round is where we ask all the dumb questions, but I like dumb we, questions. Yeah, they're fun, but we also we do a thing where we pepper in questions from previous guests creepiest guests Pre- the <laughs> creepiest as well the the previous creepiest oh, previous guests. i thought you meant yeah. creepiest i'm like well i hope i'm who, up who is, who is the previous creepiest guest? i haven't said i'm into chip. i'm into kitty fiddling or anything but i would say chip zadarsky was probably our creepiest previous yeah. guest Maybe. oh he's witty as fuck no, he's false i he's take clever. it back you know who's our creepiest guest joey lawrence oh yeah maybe he's up there hmm. Wait, the Blossom Joey Lawrence? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had him on the show. Oh, that, quickly yeah. quickly for my Canadian friend. You grew up with Degrassi, Degrassi oh, Junior High and of stuff, course. right? Yeah, we, we watched that shit in school. Okay, we got... To, for any American that doesn't know, it's like a coming-of-age high school kind of... Actually, before high school as well. Drake. Australians got it too. It's Canadian-made. Uh, um, I got to meet Jerry Jeremiah at a con and lost my mind because I got oh, to meet cool. Jerry Jeremiah. Yeah. He's like an agent now for, for uh, other actors. So, huh? Yeah, uh, Charles, what you're talking about dropping the dropping Drake there—that's Degrassi, the new generation. What we're talking about is the OG stuff from you know, like back in the '80s. Yeah. Uh, so Degrassi, to explain to Americans, uh, you guys had like Saved by the Bell and stuff, where yes. you know where they tried to deal with uh, issues that teenagers would deal with like drug addiction what they did was jesse spano was hooked on caffeine pills 
Degrassi was actually hardcore. Like they they dealt with actual shit. So it was uh yeah sort of yeah. an unadulterated version of that. And yeah, it was really twisted that they had us watching that in school. Yeah, but that's how you learn things, and that was why it was so good. As a kid, man, I learned yeah. a lot from TV. Yeah, and then uh, they made they made Charles is gonna love this, but I'm dropping this. They made novelizations of it, and we had the novelizations in mm. class too. Nice, but the American one was better. Do you know why? Because the chick from Saved by the Bell went on to do Showgirls. Oh, <laughs> nothing yeah, else. She 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 did, differently. None of that happened from none of that happened from Degrassi Junior High. Elizabeth we never got Berkeley. to see them and <laughs> blossom into puberty for us. No, that's or, true. Like, yeah, but I, I never got to see yeah. anyone naked. I think her uh, her future as a stripper stemmed from her you know, prior addictions to caffeine pills. Yeah, that'll get you every time. Caffeine <laughs> drug. Sorry to segue. I, I do that a lot. Oh, that that's that's all we do here. But uh, Canada, the thing about the Canada and Australia have a lot of shared cultural things that we all grew up with or share with a lot of in a lot of ways. So, sorry, I'm monopolizing. No, you're fine. This is again. This is all we do is uh, we go on tangents. But so, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you want to start up the lightning round, Charles? Yeah. Uh, yes. So, Chicago deep dish pizza or New York style pizza? Deep dish. Whoa! Oh, that outlier, dark horse. <laughs> yeah, but I can say that because I've lived in both cities, Ooh. and one is like eating a brick, the other is like eating grease. So, I don't know. I'll choose the brick. Okay. There's more to it. I like both, but preference-wise, yeah, I'll go the brick. Mm. I think he's a he's a man of quantity. I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, um, regular uh, peanut M and M's are regular. Regular. Oh, mm. all right. Am I meant to explain why for each thing, or just you just no, go? No, it's fine. Yeah. no reason. Just uh, oh okay so it's just uh, oh yeah yeah I had no it's like yeah <laughs> uh yeah there's a th- there's a thing where people ask like why do you do what you do I'm like I don't know why do you like your favorite food it's like you just do right so it's, it's like true. I, just, I like regular M&M sorry In and Out or Shake Shack Ah uh, Shake Shack absolutely they have way better fries booga 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 Tom, Tom, I acknowledge all the, the trash. Acknowledge in and out are good, but <laughs> gonna have to hang up on you now, Ben. Sorry. <laughs> I like in and out. I like in and out, but I Shake Shack. I would make a point because they. Here's the thing. Shake Shack do malts. Oh. Like, you know the shakes oh, yeah. with the malt in it. Yeah, that's that peanut butter one. Oh my god, peanut butter one's so good. I think they discontinued it over here, but uh, yeah. things a lot of things got discontinued since COVID. <laughs> Uh, if you could have dinner... in and out want to serve me, then I will appreciate them more. So get on it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I interrupted. I'm waiting for both places to start doing the the roller girl the uh, car hop. Car hop. They that's what they need to start doing in this uh, COVID world. That'd be pretty cool. That sounds so American because I've never <laughs> heard of that. Did you see no, the movie The Founder by any chance? In Australia, we never did that. The Founder movie? Yeah. Do you ever see The Founder? With Michael Keaton? Uh, I don't. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The McDonald's story one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we super... never had like roller girls deliver yeah. food or anything. I, I thought that was that movie's cool just because it gives you a little peek into the culture of it. Mm. That, that was a good movie. 
Yeah, I love yeah. that. I mean, why should Americans have to go into the restaurant that's drive through? Why should they even have to drive up to the drive through? I shouldn't even have to put my pants on if I want to have a meal. <laughs> that is your God-given right. In right. Well, I think I think you should move to New York then, because from a lot of those videos that I'm seeing in New York, there's a lot of people walking around with no pants on. <laughs> I, I believe you're legally allowed to in certain parts of Manhattan. Well, yeah. in in Canada. When yeah, women are topless. legally allowed to walk around topless. Yeah. Topless. Yeah. yeah, topless here too. I know oh. this because when I lived there, I saw someone do it. <laughs> Just the one time. Grandma, like, yeah, stop! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, is good. Well, that was a talking point for the day. Now, <laughs> yeah, there was uh, a couple of accounts this summer. Uh, if you could have dinner with, a, with one human being who has lived throughout history, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, by the way, um, Adam Hughes gave the best answer for this. His answer was alive. <laughs> His answer was who? <laughs> Where the question? If you could have one, um, if you could have dinner with one human being throughout history and yeah. alive, who would it be? He said someone that's alive. So I thought that was always funny. Well, but that's uh, rather expansive. Being a smartass. <laughs> seven billion people to choose from. <laughs> but it could be anyone who's lived throughout history that's with us and not with us anymore. Who would it be? Anyone throughout entirety of history. Any human, you could have dinner with any human. Ever. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this would be assuming we could have translators present too, right? Yes. Obviously. Uh, probably uh, Genghis Khan. Nice. Because he'd bring at least at least 20 of his lovely wives. There you go. <laughs> and his eight from, billion from his harem. <laughs> that guy's got 20, is it 2 million or 20 million descendants right now? So he did well. And he, he literally shaped the world. Genghis Khan. I'm a huge Mongol fan, so. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Um, uh, it's hard to explain. But I, okay, because uh, I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> Not really. I want my entire, okay, so what I want is, so there's an an alien technology, it's nanotechnology, and so they're just little robots that can um, literally take apart and rebuild atoms so they can change atomic structure, and my entire body is made up of them, and then I can also make them do other things because I control them, right, because they're me. And so I can literally change matter into other matter, so I'm literally a god. Mm. So you, that's my you want, but that's like isn't that like having minions as opposed to having a superpower? <laughs> like this minion, <laughs> like, army. I am I am a swarm of nanobots that can like, uh, uh, change like things on atomic levels. So you want to be Vin Diesel in Bloodshot? What do you haven't seen that? That's that's well, sort of a combination of Bloodshot and Doctor Manhattan. See, dude, I remember reading all about nanotechnology before it was on the mainstream's radar. Now everything's nanotech to explain everything. Mm, yeah. That sucks. Okay, time travel. I just want to be able to stop time. I don't need to travel. I just need to be able to stop time, walk around a bit, like pull someone's pants down, and then start time again. <laughs> that's that's my superpower. Every, think, artist, if, every artist you, says that. So they can meet the deadlines. Yeah, if if you want to the, uh, the, the nanite thing, you might just need to talk to Elon Musk. Yeah, mm. it's coming anyway. Yeah, We're going to be great goop. That will be the end of everything. <laughs> what What is the best piece of advice that you have ever received and who gave it to you? 
the best oh shit, i've had so many that have occurred to me all like while i'm in the show i'm like oh you know that was really good advice i could i could say that when someone asked me that like fuck, i'm blanking <laughs> on it now um <laughs> this is not the best piece of advice but this is the one i remember <laughs> can i tell you this one yeah definitely yeah. so when i i went out to arizona to meet todd after i was doing some of the work for him he was very gracious it was amazing to meet todd but for some reason, he just he turned to me and goes like, like Ben, the biggest piece of advice I can give you effectively was uh, ignore the writers. You do what you want. Nice, mm. nice. I'm like, thank you. Um, I probably will take the script in consideration though. <laughs> I have done that. Oh, we are talking about no, just draw what you want. Let's draw a big cape, you know, but big cable and go I, I, the other Big cable. guns and go boom, boom, and the I, guns. I knew, and, I knew what he was getting at. And it's Todd, but, but like, yeah, you know, no, I, I won't ignore them too much. I, I've always tried Dex, to do yeah. whatever you want. And then you can buy baseballs with all your money later. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will tell you my biggest piece of advice from life experience, but it's a bit technical is um, don't do work for your boss. When you th- don't, treat your boss professionally, even if you think they're your friend. And when I mean that, I mean, they may be your friend. They won't be there forever. So don't have your friendship bear, bear in any contract because at the end of the day, they will be gone and the company, because companies never die, but your contract will also still be there. So the next person in that role may not be your friend. And you did a deal with someone who was your friend, but you weren't. You were doing a deal with a company. So that's something to factor into the when you go forward. So yeah. it goes for any business thing, really. That, so that that sounds like uh, that may have come from experience. Oh yeah, I was doing um, especially for IDW. Uh, I was doing like happy nice things for the, the. I knew the guys that formed the damn thing. I helped do one of their first comics, but they've all since gone now. So now it's owned by other people, and uh, I have no real relationship with them. But yet a contract remains. And like when you sign a contract with someone who's your friend, you didn't necessarily agree to this other entity coming in and suddenly being, oh, we own that now. So it's like you've got to really think longer term sometimes or know your rights or. um, Yeah, yeah. but it's it's different when it's work for hire because you you already know, Okay, Marvel's Marvel, whoever's in charge, that's going to change. But it's different when it's a beginning company that then gets success and then obviously becomes huge. So. I don't know, but that, that goes in any business with anything. Although, obviously, in the creative industries, it's very good too. So the be- the best deal is always owning some owning a part of something you create. That is a blanket good deal. Interesting. Mm. And um, we need a question from you for our next guest to continue the daisy chain. Right, Robin? Is that how we go? Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do that for Am sure. Am I allowed to know who the next guest is, or is this just a, um, to anyone? The, the next, I don't know if I don't know if you know him or not, but uh, our next recording will be with uh, Jason Fabach. I know that name, but I don't know him. He's an uh, artist, right? Yeah. That's an artist. Yeah, he's, uh, he just, uh, he's just doing Three Jokers with Jeff Johns right now. Oh, that's why I know that name. Oh, he's got awesome work. Oh, I have to do a, a nice question then, because I was going to ask. <laughs> well, he he, ask, he like, is he is a Canadian, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask because the fake question I could ask was, okay, what was the last thing you had up your butt? <laughs> be, and be honest. We're going to ask him 
That's awesome. The, co- the comic that's shop a that stupid, tried to that's screw a stupid question. Yeah. That's wrong. <laughs> that's not my respectful question. Well, well, we're gonna we're gonna save that question for the next time Sean Murphy's on, and we'll ask him that one. <laughs> Sean uh, Gordon Murphy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, please do, and tell him he'll like, happily. He'll happily. I'll, I'll just I'll just I'll just I'd love to know his answer. No, that's just mean. That's just mean. <laughs> you say who the question came from? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll fill it in. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe better than asking Sean. I'll ask his wife. <laughs> well, if, you ever, if you ever get Tom Taylor on, who's written Batman some Batman stuff, obviously, uh, you can ask him that. He'll understand. He'll uh, understand. Tom actually. Did pro- Tom never does podcasts because, like, he's obviously one of the busiest guys in comics. He's. I think he's probably the only person who writes like top top tier titles for both dc and marvel at the same time and uh yeah dude just doesn't really have time or need to do podcasts but i do have a verbal agreement from him that if he ever does a podcast it will be ours oh good good yeah i know tom he's a good guy so yeah, and he, he would appreciate the humor in that he probably would have to keep very family friendly though so. <laughs> um uh i don't know i hate generic questions Oh, here's the question then. Uh, where does he, where does he get his ideas from? <laughs> so nice. That's a bastard question. That Such is a, a nice lob. Actually, yeah, we should, we should throw some uh, random fun ones at Ben. I think. Yeah, like. I was going to leave uh, the the one that uh, was last left by both Sean oh, Murphy this? and Blake Northcott was a, a cartoon character you had a crush on as a kid. Uh, yeah, it, it has to be Joey Jeremiah from Degrassi. No, no, no. The one I remember, um, I was very young, but uh, do you remember? Um, there was the chick from G Force, she was pretty hot. I think I had a crush on her. Remember G Force? They called it something else here. I don't know. I'm Australian, so it was called G Force. It was where they were like kind of dressed as birds, the anime kind of thing. Um, but do you remember Inspector Gadget? Yeah. With Penny and Brian, yeah, yeah. I had a I had a small crush on Penny, not Brian the dog. <laughs> was, was Brian or Brain? Uh, was Brian's Family Guy dog? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian's Family Guy. Brain. Maybe it was Brain. It was I, I, th- I thought you were gonna say uh, you had a crush on Doctor Claw though. Yeah, Doctor Claw. <laughs> oh, good uh, gadget. <laughs> that guy was awesome, but uh, no, <laughs> nothing sexual with him. <laughs> okay. Not even that gravelly voice. <laughs> okay, I think it was um, was it Adam Hughes who asked, all right, if you eat ice cream, do you pee it out or poop it out? I think uh, I think that was who. Well, which one was the dog poop one? Which was actually that, that was Brad Walker. That was Brad Walker. <laughs> Brad Walker. That so, was a good one. Well, what was the question again? That everyone. If, if you pick up. If you pick up dog poop in your hand, and if it's hot, is the dog poop touching your hand? If you're using a bag, a plastic bag. No, that's just heat transference. In, yeah. in, a, in a sense of like, well, if you're hot, are you touching the sun? Technically, <laughs> but, no. Technically, yes. But his, uh, his reason for it was that after he took his dog out, like when he took his dog out, he would pick up with his left hand because he would be drawing with his right hand after. 
<laughs> this is this goes to my larger theory that dog owners have some sort of scat uh, fetish. Yeah. We had we had some. All I see is people picking up dog poop. Think Are about an alien that looks down and sees us picking up our dog poop. Who's in charge? Yeah, <laughs> I think we we had a physicist DM us after listening to the episode, or somebody like in the. Field. I don't think it was a physicist. It was just somebody with a lot of time on their hands that yeah, gave us a very specific about, answer. What was it like? The vibrating molecules that a poop yes. generates yeah. heat to go. <laughs> yeah. It's the 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 molecules vibrate that cause heat, and that's what you feel in your hand. So it's not actually touching your hand. It's just yeah, like the vibration. Sure, you want to take all you the humor. You fucking nerd! You fucking nerd! That I love you so much for emailing. You mean I love you for getting the string theory. Oh, look at that. Oh, this is advertising. Wormwood. Oh, that's the nice. First issue of Wormwood. It's a Good. special Patreon printing, only available on Patreon. So. Beautiful. Then, I probably will never release it publicly, so it'll just stay as a as a special Patreon edition. Is there any way that uh, Patreons who are jumping on right now can get some of the back issues? Oh, oh yeah. I have everything available still on uh, – I have a special private store just for Patreon oh, people. Perfect. So once you – if you're a patron, patron or a previous patron, you get to go to the store. And uh, I put some things up. If I don't put things in that store, I give patrons a special discount coupon thing for the public store. How, but I like to how, keep things for them. How fast do the pieces that you work on go, like the original art, that maybe don't tie into the, the books? Like, you know, sometimes the ones you just do for fun. Uh, well, I put the my first batch of Alien prints uh, art up like two weeks ago, I think. And I think half of them are sold within Oof. like a week. Okay, so there's still a chance. So if you want to get on some awesome alien xenomorph stuff that is on the store right now for his Patreons, you would sign up right now with Ben Templesmith's Patreon because that is some good shit. All, everything I'm you do is through with the second awesome. batch too. So very cool. Just to uh, touch back to Fine. your. Um, cartoon crush answer i i did a quick <laughs> google search on g-force and all i'm seeing are cartoon hamsters <laughs> so i don't know what that explain it was called, okay so in australia it was called i think it was called g-force i'm gonna stick with the with the hamster <laughs> yeah that's triforce no, it was called triforce oh okay was it called triforce or g-force why am i called it g-force triforce Let's see. Triforce makes more sense, right? Probably. Because um, the thing, especially with America, but also with, we got a lot of the Japanese stuff. Well, we got a lot of foreign stuff in general, but they changed the names of things. So we got that Ulysses 31, which is this amazing French manga kind of anime thing. That was that only did one season. That was cool. Um, but we also had this show called, I don't know if you got it in Canada, but you didn't in America. But it's not racist. Um, it's literally, it's an <laughs> the English dub. Again, with it's not racist. <laughs> no, it's not. It's very strange and eclectic. So it, there's an old Buddhist story. Um, um, uh, it's called, what's it called? The Something Journey. Um, so it's a Chinese story about a Buddhist monk traveling to India, and it was made in. No, it's Korean. St- Either way, it was made by the Japanese, and it was dubbed into English, and it was called Monkey Magic. And it was sort of like Power Rangers before Power Rangers. And it was um, – so it's like this monkey god, a uh, fish god, and a pig god, and a and a Buddhist monk named Chipitaka on a pilgrimage um, fighting demons. And so it was like – but it was like Power Rangers, but it was way before Power Rangers. That shit is – 
Anyone who's Anglo who's ever seen that, that is a cultural touchstone. But it was before the Power Ranger generation, but when Power Rangers got big. I guess they didn't get in Canada. Sorry. Maybe not. Well, maybe we didn't. I'm I did have a here's, here's the thing. I had a crush on the Buddhist monk because it was played by a, a very attractive uh, Japanese lady. And uh. I think that's why I like bold ladies. Like, I think bold ladies are cool. <laughs> I think they can be very attractive. But the thing is, I looked her up when I was in my 20s. Oh, this internet thing. I can look them up now. It's like, oh, she died of cancer when she was really young. That sucks. So don't get close to me or you die. <laughs> Damn. Damn, that's good. But uh, but I but highly recommend Monkey Magic. It's on YouTube, I think. You can watch it for free. Monkey Magic, it's crazy it's stuff. Cheap. It's not racist. It's just uh, <laughs> not racist. okay. It sounds racist. You. Calling that's it Monkey Magic. Slogan. That was Monkey, totally monkey Magic. It's not racist. <laughs> it's it sounds a very more racist, funky... but you just keep saying it's not racist. <laughs> <laughs> it's a late seventies, early eighties Japanese production of a Chinese myth or story and it's dubbed that's, into english it's great that sounds It'll racist it up. yeah it says it's uh from 1978 uh a comedy that ran two seasons is that it uh no it definitely had way more than two seasons oh yeah i can probably put a link in the chat for you the mm. opening credits for it are insane oh uh, it's a uh, it's the telling of the story of the journey of journey to the west if you've ever oh. heard of that Okay. The the London Olympics actually used characters from it or something. Good shit. Magic. Uh, I'm gonna check the TV show. Yeah, Monkey Magic TV, Japanese television film. All right. Mm. I'm gonna check it's, it's it out. It's freaking fantastic. It's crazy. Yeah, if you're ever high, get <laughs> high and watch this. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna. The, the the opening credits are crazy. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, before we wrap it no, up, it's, can we get monkey, a it's not called Monkey Magic, just called Monkey, but Monkey Magic in some territories. So. Okay. Monkey Magic. Before we wrap it up, can we get a link, uh, Tom, uh, verbal link to the Patreon for Ben? Yeah, Ben, what is your, uh, what is the uh, address for your Patreon? It's uh, what, what, what? Um, w. It's Patreon.com. P-A-T. I'm bad at spelling. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Temple Smith. Temple Smith, one word, like Temple of Doom Smith. Mm. Yeah. 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 There's I links to it on most of my social media, actually, too, dope. which is yeah. just Temple Smith. Easiest too. way. So I'm around. Twitter, mm. Instagram. Uh, is it at Temple Smith? Yeah, it's usually at Temple yeah, Smith. And then you, got it, you got it linked in your bio there. I just became a member. Uh, awesome. Nice. Oh, thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. No, it's like I said, it's probably one of the best, uh, one of the best, patreons out there specifically with the fact that you're offering original art for an extremely affordable price for some Sometimes. very amazing work um well, well it's a fan it's really just a fan club it is yeah a fan it's club. great so you can come it's along great. and see everything i do because i haven't put stuff in stores for a very long time but i would just add i do have a new miniseries coming out uh in stores well i yeah. think it'll be in stores it's available now anyway um yeah. if you know the walking dead uh, if you know the actor dan fogler yeah. Fogler? I always yeah. forget how you say it. Um, he wrote a story I did, a, I, I drew. So it's called Fish Kill. It's about a crazy oh. uh, cop off his medication. Who He's a vet and he's got post-traumatic stress from all sorts of issues to do with things. And he's about to save the world. And mm, yeah. very other crazy. It's a very, it's a, it's a trip. Um, 
So yeah, that the, will actually the, be installed soon. The the first, first issue the first issue I believe is already in stores. I'm pretty sure we I, I work in a shop and I'm pretty sure we've already had that. Oh awesome. And oh, it is shit. still available on uh, the heavy metal website too, so you can mm. buy the issue there. So awesome. I obligatory obligatory yes I am out, uh, out in stores, but I haven't been in a while. Everything else is on Patreon, at least for now. Mm. And thank you so much for the plugs, guys. I didn't expect that. I just oh, shoot the shit. Oh, no, big time. Definitely got to, especially right now with uh, the way things are, the way times are right now. Have to have to uh, support, uh, you know, the artists directly. And you have a great way of doing that. Well, as, as you can tell, I don't get to talk to many people. Hey, <laughs> and this is why I'm going to start my own YouTube channel. It soon. was a pleasure. <laughs> hey, you, I mean, I think uh, you have some you have an avenue there where I think people will definitely tune in. I know you can do it on the Patreon. You can host your little uh, live chats that you can do like that. And people love hearing from well, you. It's funny you should say that because I have actually just started doing that for my patrons. They'll yeah. get a Patreon update. I did YouTube Live, but then I just put it privately onto the Patreon. But I'm going to be doing a lot of commissions. Uh, you can watch me, the whole process, do it live. Patrons patrons will see it first, but then I will put it on my uh, YouTube channel, which is just Ben Temple Smith. So cool. nothing's up there yet except the really old one, but uh, it's coming soon. So. Perfect. Because I miss people and cons and you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully next year, maybe next time. Uh, know, who knows? Until, until then, until then, you know, we can, we can, we can directly squid, support you guys. Virtual, virtual SquidCon, virtual SquidCon. Yeah, yeah. I should squid. do a little SquidCon where I'm just streaming twenty four seven. Would people want to watch me sleeping on a stream? Yes. That, man, somebody would. Know, people, that. Somebody would, man. I'm telling you this. There's I need somebody enough. out there for everything. Yeah, I need <laughs> enough people like... to subscribe to my channel to get Super Chats going, and right. then you can just watch me sleep. Yeah, if there's people the out thing, there right? who are willing to clean up their dog shit with their bare hands, there's definitely someone that's willing to watch you on a, a live stream. So, <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll do actual art on stream, too. Okay. But, uh, yeah. okay. That's awesome. But, uh, but, Ben, thank you so much for your time. Um, we look I hope I wasn't boring. We look forward to having you back on in the future. Maybe, um, maybe we can get you to stop in for sure. the Kelly Jones Spooktacular. Oh, that would be about to say. crazy, man. How that would, fucking awesome. That would be awesome if we can get Ben to interview Kelly Jones. Kelly, Kelly Jones. Jones. Kelly Jones is like one of my favorite human beings. On he's just too, oh, too I nice. I, I think I have met him briefly once. He was very nice. Yeah. Which means I forget people because I only remember really, you know, you remember bad experiences mostly <laughs> when you've <laughs> nice. met so many people at cons. Certain yeah, things yeah. stick out, and he didn't stick out, so I apologize, Kelly. But, uh, <laughs> he's, if you he's, ever, uh, yeah, if if you can tolerate me enough, I'll happily come back anytime you guys want. He's That's he's awesome. just a he's story after story after story. Like he oh, just has all these. Yeah, he has great. Yeah, I love he's those like guys. An uncle. Yeah, and uh, I love the guys that are old enough to have the stories of like the greats and stuff like that, right, but they're young yeah. enough to still be current, obviously. And yeah, yeah we we had uh, Kelly on uh, just recently to. Uh, to talk about Denny O'Neill with us mm. after after oh, nice. Denny passed because he had worked with him. So, did you ask him a lot about the Hammer? Because that was one of my favorite comics. No, oh, but no, you know what? Remember the Hammer, dude. Check out the Hammer. Read the Hammer. Kelly Jones. Oh. You should come on and ask him about that. That'd I be, will then. That'd be so awesome. That would be cool if we have the this the Halloween spooktacular would be Ben Temple Smith and Kelly Jones. That's true because you guys are both masters of spookiness and horror like you know that, do whatever that you like. hey you yeah. know what i'm gonna suggest it i haven't spoken to steve in a very long time but if you get steve niles get steve niles he's much that better than me oh, man. <laughs> uh, that guy that guy has stories and he's also done a lot yeah and and he's awesome 
Steve Bales. He, well, you got you guys. Steve you not. Guys, I mean, yeah. You guys made a history together. That book. So. We did. We we brought back horror comics, and then Twilight happened. Oh. <laughs> oh <laughs> and I man. Batman. Now he's Batman. Now he's Batman. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh Twilight. Yeah, yeah he's so Batman too. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, you did that for us. You gave us that Batman. How do you go from making vampires that cool then to making vampires that sparkly? You get a uh, you get a, a romance novel aimed at I assume middle aged ladies, um, <laughs> become a worldwide hit, and uh, you make a movie. And uh, it did better than ours, but ours did all right. <laughs> it will be in it. I'm looking forward to the reboot whenever that happens. Yours, yours will be much better, that's for sure. I think it's in a, it's in my, it's I have my, um, top, you know, my must watches for October for Halloween month, and um, to read and to watch what you and Steve is definitely like, yeah, it's it's, it's in there. So that means. Can I everything. recommend a film if you haven't seen it for Halloween? A film everyone should go and watch. It's a new film, newish film, but it's got a very 80s vibe to it. It's called The Void. Check out The Void. Very good art direction. I've heard that before. That sounds from my Yeah, I think A24 put it out, but check out The Void. The Void. Seriously. That's cool. I like like those outliers that come out once in a while that are really good. I don't know if you saw... The last one I saw that I thought was quite good was uh, It Follows. Have you seen that one? No, I need to. I need to. And another one is Mandy. Check out Mandy as well. Oh, yeah. It's a Nick Cage one, but it's... Yeah, very weird though. Oh, oh, and the 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 color of night was actually pretty good too. So there's a lot of good stuff for Halloween this year. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't know. It just weird. See, I'm legit. I'm horror. Exactly. That is true. It'd be, it'd be a match made in heaven. You and Kelly Jones on at the same time because he 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 literally just locks himself in his room in October and just puts the old Universal monster movies on. It's so cool. And he tells us all these stories and shit. It's like a campfire every year when we get him mm-hmm. on. So this is going to be really fun with you two on. I, I, I'm really Do looking it. forward to it now. And yeah, if def- you can ever get him, get Simon Bisley. Simon Bisley. Oh, yeah. I, I, Maybe I, I can hook you up. That, but Ooh, that, that would be great. Mm, that does sound good. Yeah. He's doing Batman. He did, uh, he did a whole Batman thing. Yeah, he has uh, a Batman black and white statue. Mm. Oh, cool. I did not know that. I just know his old Batman Lobo or something. He did. Oh, he did some stuff. Yeah. But he he is a riot. He would be a great interview. He would. Uh, he's a force of nature. That guy. So I will shut up. I need. Um, you're trying to wind it up. I'm. I apologize. So. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> I just want to suggest people at you now that I've met that I think are awesome. So. <laughs> no, that sounds really good, actually. I got yeah. nothing else. I'm, I'm in for a long night of work, so I'm just chilling. What time is it in Australia right now? Is in I'm in Seattle, but in Australia it's probably 10:30. <laughs> what? I th- oh shit! I thought he was in. Oh. Fuck. I guess you missed the whole bit where I used to live. There was a riot and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Everything was on fire. Yeah. Uh, my, my. Yeah. No, I've been in Seattle for like shit five years, but I probably will be moving to. My wife doesn't like me saying probably. We are moving to California, Southern California next year. Oh, welcome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, where are you? I am you uh, just east of Los Angeles. So you Riverside not quite, County, right? Uh, just before, no, I'm north of Riverside, San Bernardino, technically. I'm not, like, I'm not deep oh, into it. I'm, like, just outside of L.A. I'll probably be moving somewhere close to you, then, because it'll be just below. Uh, so my wife can be closer to her parents, generally, um, and the weather. She likes the warmer weather, but um, 
somewhere oh. in the east, in uh, western Riverside. So somewhere around. Oh. I know where San Bernardino is, so a bit below there somewhere. Yeah, you'll be it, close. You'll be really close then. You'll yeah, be like. The, the weather sure is warmer these days over there. Aren't you guys having a oh record? It's 109 right now. Oh. I will get air conditioning. I will yeah. get air conditioning. Got to do that. The one thing uh, people don't know about Seattle is we bitch when it hits 80 degrees or hotter because <laughs> no one here, because it's so benign normally, no one has air conditioning. So it's 10 degrees hotter. So I can, working in 90 degree heat sucks. Yeah. But uh, working in 100 degree heat sucks. So, yeah, yeah. California, I'll have air conditioning. Seattle yeah, is yeah, such yeah. a clean city. Seattle is so polished, if I remember. Like Tacoma is a little more gritty, but remember Seattle. I nearly got mugged in Tacoma the one time I was there. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. I was jazzed. <laughs> Tacoma is uh, interesting. Don't place. walk in under freeway overpasses late at night. That's all I'll say. Mm. No, I love Seattle. I, it's just really expensive. It's getting crazy. So. Oh, shit. Yeah. Do they still oh, have um oh, tech boom, man? It's the, oh. Like San Francisco. Oh shit! What was that? The the Ram. Do they still have the Ram over there? That chain. I think it's a chain of restaurants called the Ram. Do you I know? I have not seen it. Okay. So I'm gonna say no. I only ever lived down. I don't. I don't drive. So I'm, I'm screwed. But uh, I only live downtown in West Seattle. So I've never seen a Ram. There maybe they're more in the burbs. I don't know. Yeah, or by the way, we did just get a Shake Shack not long ago. Oh, shit. So you need, right, Tom? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Hopefully, it's still there after the pandemic ends. You know, the rioting and whatnot, and just God knows what else. Aliens. uh. (laughs) And we'd say Emerald City Comic Con, one of the best cons in the country. Yeah. So, if you ever have an excuse to come to Seattle, come up for that. I always will. So. Yeah, that was like one of the first to get canceled this year too, or last year. Yeah, we thought it was still going to happen. It was going to be great. <laughs> yeah, were... See my friends, they were going to stay with me, and then oh, no, 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 it's not happening. So Fuck. we knew it wasn't going to happen because it's too risky. It so. took them a while before they canceled it, but they were they were trying to make well, it happen before we realized how risky everything was. So well, every the... everyone just kept dropping out one by one. Everyone. Just the guy kept... who sat next to me at C2E2, which was the last big con. I did two cons this year before shit. He. He got COVID, so and I hope mm-hmm. not from that con because I'm not sure if I had it, but I don't think I did. But I had something weird a week after, so yeah, it's it was, probably COVID. <laughs> I do hope cons come back. I think there will be a lot less cons. Ones might survive for a while, which is probably needed anyway because there was way too many cons. Yeah, like it, it got to a point where there was a con every weekend. Yeah, somewhere. Well, I find a con every weekend, but if every if right. if you think about it, if every even small city has a con, anyone going to a con will spend all their money instead of saving it for like the big shows where everyone can yeah. go. Yeah, they'll be spreading it around on every show. So, as a creator, if you're an artist alley or you're a, a guest or whatnot, and you're going to a show, I don't go just for finance, but obviously if you pay your own way to go, you need to break even, otherwise you're just losing money. Mm, yeah, doing a lot of work for no reason, but there's going to be less return on the big shows because everyone's done all these other shows. And I usually end up doing a show the week after there's been another show in a town next door. So that's not a good thing. Yeah. It's just been too many. It's, uh, and that's and you end up with a competition of shows too. like a, But not in a good way. Whatever artist, you know, was invited to two shows that are the same weekend. So well, I'm going to be at this show. So then people who wanted to go to this show that they that that artist could have been like oh this guy's not going to be there and you know all these other people that i 
that I would want to see are over at this other show that's on the other side of the country. So I'm not going to yeah. bother going to, to this con because none of the people that I want to meet are there. Well, then that, that hurts that con. So like they're, they're all hurting each other. Yeah. I mean, you've got to pick and choose sometimes. So, yeah. but yeah, it was due for a culling anyway, unfortunately, just cause it was saturation point, I think, but yeah, at least, at least from an artist's perspective, because if you do 20 shows a year versus 10, and make the same amount of money, you're working for half price in a mm. sense. And like your time is gone. You could have been at home working. Yeah. Uh, so it sort of kills you for doing cons from it. I don't know. It's just, they're not paying you more to go to a con. I don't get an appearance fee or anything generally. I started mm. asking for that, but had some inside baseball. I will happily go <laughs> if someone pays for me. <laughs> I love travel anyway. I did, but um, yeah, no, we'll see, mm. man. The pandemic, man. Hopefully yeah, you guys are doing all right. Yeah, it's not bad. I think uh, hopefully uh, hopefully we just ride this thing out at this point. Hopefully enough people are taking it serious enough where we could, you know, get back online next year to some extent. You know, even yeah. though it's not full. I think well, they should do more, figure out how to do more outdoor cons because it generally starts up spring, summertime. They just should just find space and. That way they could yeah. have not have to worry about capacity too much. I am not outdoor. doing an outdoor con in summer. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do yeah. them in the fall. Well, like, fall would be great for that. Well, like early spring, you know, when yeah. con season starts starting up again anyway. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, uh, Canada and Australia are fine. So uh, it's all about America, unfortunately. Everyone else yeah. is probably going to get back. To, uh, New Zealand have already had several cons. They're fine. Yeah. There's been cons going on in America too. Some reason has it there, Robin? Like I've been seeing. I don't know. I, I've seen some random. shops doing uh, small signings and stuff, but uh, you know, like mm. very controlled uh, numbers of yeah. people. Yeah, you got to wait outside or something, I guess. But yeah, yeah, there's wait times and I mean, I forgot where this con was. I think it was in America, and it's like you know, spaced out, not too many people, masks on, you know, that typical stuff, and. Uh, Hey man, that works for me because uh, you, you've been to New York. You guys have been to New York Comic Con before. Well, I know you have been, and you know how fucking packed oh, yeah. it gets, man. Like you just like yeah, can't that, that was never gonna work. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. So like if we could spread it out a little, I'll be happy, man. Fucking just because it just gets out of control. Um, like, you can hold a hold a con in Perth, Western Australia, because it's one of the best places on the planet right now. We've had no cases for like weeks now at this point. Wow. Because they. Oh, They've closed the border to the rest of the country. <laughs> huh. You, you, but, I mean, they, they'll let people in under special circumstances. So the guests can come, and then you can leave. But no one else can come. So you only, only the people already in Perth can go, which is a million and a half people. That's fine. Yeah, that's a lot. Of, that's enough people. go to Perth. Shit, man. We got like nine million people in New York. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's fucking nuts, man. But you well, go to like Perth and then hang out with the quarters. What's that? If you Google Quokka, Q-U-O-K-K-A, it is the cutest animal on the planet. Mm. It's like a baby can. It looks like a baby kangaroo that, with a smile on its face. Oh shit! Every celebrity on the planet wants a photo with one. Put it that way. It's it's getting famous. I'm trying to put it. Oh, can I tell you before you are completely sick of me? You need to know one thing. Can I tell you this one? Because it's it's made news now. It's controversial. Mm. America and Australia are at war over this. Mm. So there's this big bird. The biggest flightless bird in the world is what? The ostrich? Yes. Is it? 
Yes, it is. I'll say yes, yes, it is. But do you know what the second largest flightless bird in the world is? Penguin? Trump. <laughs> well, it's Australian, so it's... Oh, yeah. We have penguins, but we have no Trump. We kind of have a Trump. His name's Clive Palmer. That's a long story. <laughs> so you guys don't know? It begins with E. No. Okay. Uh, it's called an emu. I knew that. Okay, yeah. But here's the thing. A lot of Amer- Americans who've never heard the word before, they say emu. It's emu. Because when I hear an American say emu, I think they're doing baby talk. Mm-hmm. And we actually have a fight because NPR listed the official pronunciation as emu. It's like, no, 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 no. It's emu. It's an actual name of something. You don't get to put a spin on it. It's the name of a thing. Mm-hmm. You already took our Ugg boots because they're an Australian thing. <laughs> <laughs> they trademarked it and everything. So Aussies can't sell Ugg boots. That's an apparently an American-owned thing. now. Um, but, yeah, emu. It's an emu. And, uh, and a quokker is a really cute animal. You should check yeah, it out. Everyone I, I, I out. did look it up. Okay, that sounds like a derogatory thing that some Irish person would say. So, um. If you have a girlfriend or wife or just partner who's into really cutesy little things and you want to make their life, get them to meet a quokker. They will be like putty in your hands after a while. <laughs> Everyone you likes caught, You get caught having an affair. You're going to first flight to Australia to get one of these yeah, little bits. first date. You go and meet a quokka, is all I'm saying. Quokka. Quokka. Got it. They only exist uh, on a small island off the coast of where I'm from. So, this is such an interesting species over there. Well, Australia is crazy for so many uh, forms of wildlife. Yeah. And uh, we're just old, man. We're just old. We got we got what's left. It's, we, uh, uh, we have all the marsupials except for a couple in South America. Man, I remember when those... You guys fly- have an opossum here in America. It's not a possum, it's an opossum. Hey, we have possums. Our hey, possums we- are cute and eat fruit. You have opossums, which look like hobos. <laughs> they look yeah, they're like, disgusting. They look like the skanky meth head version of, of what we have. Right. Yeah, we, you got murder hornets now, baby. Imported. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too worried about them. We have, uh, we have a thing called a European wasp, which is an import. It's not a real, uh, it's a, not a native wasp in Australia. But so when you're drinking a can of soda outside, you have to keep it covered because they will get in the can of soda and then you'll drink it. And if they sting you in your throat, you're dead. Fuck. Oh, shit. Yeah, then they're, they're nasty. They're attracted to sugar like that. So Diabetic we have bed. a lot of great stuff in Australia. Come to Australia. Why am I doing an advert <laughs> for my country I haven't lived in for for. 12 years man when when it was on fire i felt bad those the, the footage of like guys transporting like koala bears in their cars and shit fucking everyone trying to get away from the fire that that's how this crazy. year started yeah that was hot that was the appetizer but you know what with all those fires and, and half a billion animals dying that was a great time to go on vacation to hawaii mm. do you know why i say that because that's what our prime minister did oh, oh shit. no oh, way shit. we shamed we shamed him into coming home to like actually take care of some stuff. Yeah, that's like golfing still... during a pandemic. Yeah, if you're running <laughs> the place, you don't pandemic. get leave. If, if you want to see a guy, a leader getting owned, and this is not really to do with politics, this is just funny to watch. Watch, there's footage. Just Google Australian Prime Minister meets bushfire victims, and you will see uh, him and his little entourage trying to shake hands with a bunch of people who've just had their homes burned down after he's been on vacation in Hawaii and didn't want to come home, and they just go off on him. It's great. Oh. It's like American leaders are always shielded from that, usually. 
Uh, Australians, we get out. We call people dickheads to their faces. Who <laughs> <laughs> knows if they, if they could get close to Trump? God knows. Well, unfortunately, yeah. America has a history of killing its uh, leaders too, assassinating them. So maybe not. Yeah, the the good ones too. <laughs> they always get the good yeah, ones. Yeah, we hell abuse. You guys shoot people. So I'm gonna be much more polite in America than I am in Australia. <laughs> Just for that reason. We should we should all move to New Zealand. Apparently, uh, it's a nice place to live. I heard right about now. I do want or, to retire there. They were Orange meant to be County. part of Australia. Just so you know, they were meant to be a st- uh, one or two states of Australia. But when we had our constitutional convention, the lawyer legal guy from the rep from them, he was sick that day. Like literally it was something like that. That's crazy. And so they said, oh, we'll be ourselves. We'll just be our own little country. But we're actually like a mini European Union. So in a, uh, New Zealand and Australians have the right to live and work in both countries. You don't hmm. need paperwork. You just can go. So. Wasn't there is the, the time when I think in the past 10, 15 years, like a lot of like Brits were moving to Australia too because of the the job market was so good. A lot of people making a lot of money mm-hmm. in Australia. Honestly, they come for the weather, and the economy was uh, like a lot booming. better than the UK for a long time. Um, mm. But we we we're a we're a nation of majority British immigrants. Obviously, my dad my dad came to Australia from Britain when he was 21. I think 21 with like <laughs> 10 pounds in his pocket, and he, he mm. worked on a on a cattle station station bigger than several u.s states probably but um sure. no we've always had a lot of british immigrants come they, they like the weather any excuse to take their shirt off and get some sun right. <laughs> they do so i'm i'm part british but uh i'm fully australian mm. so, you know we were we were a 10 percent asian now we're we're multicultural we're like a mini america yeah but when you say asian do you mean east asian or middle eastern because the brits i know say my girl's from yorkshire and i she i know all this crap like they British people, when they say Asian, they mean what Americans call Middle Eastern. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it gets okay. So it gets technical with that, and because I've I've been there a bunch, it f- fucked me up as well. <laughs> don't know why. See, technically, anything past the fucking Bosphorus is Asia. Right. So, and then Europe isn't the Europe isn't a continent. It's just that's a that's a demarcation for political reasons because there's some <laughs> some white people and then there's some different people. It's all Asia. It's one landmass. But mm. yes, uh, I mean, we do have actually a lot of Southeast Asians, and we have a lot of, um, oh, what do you, I don't, we, the t- people from the subcontinent, we have a few, but we have a lot of like Vietnamese, certainly after Vietnam War, mm. a lot of Chinese, um, because we've had Chinese for over a hundred years because they like California. My state is the mirror of California. We had um, a gold rush straight after California sort of thing. They built railroads. We have a lot of ethnic mix, but, but not in the numbers that America has generally because we never had slavery, although we did technically. So we never had um, African-American, well, not African-Americans because they weren't American, <laughs> but uh, we never had the slave trade like that. So we don't have that legacy, but we have people from everywhere. Mm. Um, and we have a lot of indigenous people who we treat a little bit better than uh america although uh, and, and worse in some ways too so but every sport game we have or every like official ceremony we have um we always have this thing where we thank the traditional owners of the land and we name the tribe that that the thing's being held on which i think is nice oh uh, man we didn't do that they got a yeah yeah well it would be nice if they did because i mean seattle's named after a, a, a tribe because um, mm. yeah. it's a hard to pronounce name but uh and if, uh, the real way to say Seattle, 
that's not the way you say Seattle. The guy on the the tour we went, actually said it's more pronounced something like Sochro. <laughs> but I can't yeah, pronounce nailed it. Nailed it. Sochro. I wonder if that's the same thing for Manhattan. I wonder if it's pronounced Manhattan or something else. But yeah, I think Manhattan's yeah. an, uh, an indigenous name too. Yeah, it is. But uh, I don't know if it's pronounced that way. or but hey, man, that was a fucking awesome virtual SquidCon 2020 at Force, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it like that. Yeah, uh, I gotta do do more of this. Just talk to random people on the internet. It's good Not stuff, man. People. Long form. It's uh, it's a great way of uh, it's a great way of getting stuff out there. Just it's a fun combo. It's uh, when you're stuck at home, it's nice. Yeah. yeah. Imagine just like be, just be careful who you talk to on the internet because that's how some people end up on to catch a predator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, there's a whole thing on Chris Hansen. Like, it's good to see him get work again because he appeared in The Boys a little bit. But there's documentaries on Chris Hansen and how he's kind of fucked up and has no idea what copyright is. Uh, he is a moron. Uh, he tried to broadcast all the old To Catch a Predators on his YouTube channel and wondered why uh, uh, he, <laughs> NBC wouldn't let him do it. Uh, Stop. Jesus. <laughs> like, Dude, you don't own that. That's not you. But I'm Chris Hansen. <laughs> oh, that was good. We love that show though. That is a good show. Yeah, yeah. Don't I fell down a rabbit hole of it once and just watched. I it. have the chat watched right it. here. The be- the best one was the guy he he brought a who brought a birthday cake and Chris just said, you know, who are you here for? How old is she? He was like, oh, she's like nineteen. It's like how many candles are on that cake? Thirteen. <laughs> Can I see your bag? Yeah. <laughs> you brought a pizza in a box of condoms. <laughs> oh, I just have a weird thing with pizza. Uh, I like the one where uh, Chris knew the guy. Oh no, shit! Yeah, like they oh, they had... catch a train with him, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, good job. Yeah, that Jeez, was you know, people you know. All right, Ben. Holy shit! Thank Virtual you. Virtual I'm saluting you right now. Thank you so much <laughs> for your time. Yeah, thank oh, you. Dude, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, I hope I wasn't back. boring, as I say. No, yeah, no, no anytime no, you want to tolerate me, I'm I'm down. That's all. Unless awesome. I'm doing my own stream or a broadcast for Patreon or something. So. And uh, also, yeah. definitely have we have to have you on with Kelly Jones this October as well. Yeah, which is less than a fucking month already. Yeah. Oh crazy. shit, that's crazy. Holy shit. A little bit over a month. Yeah, it's you could. Be, I'm yeah, just throwing it out there, but you could. I I know you have lives, but you should record a bunch of shows to run all Halloween with a bunch of horror people. That would be cool. You know what? That I'm just fucking cool. They're, we know they're all home right now anyway this year, so that's it's not a bad idea actually. Yeah, it's it's hard to claim you're uh, too inaccessible at this point. That's the problem. Right. So, so. Mm. but I do get busy, but I'll always have time. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, we'll 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 uh, schedule in advance with you because that'll be to have you and Kelly on at the same time. I think that would be fucking epic treat. man that, that'd, be, treat. that'd be a lot of a trick and a treat you know that'd be a... I, I get very quiet when people i respect are around not that that's a comment on you guys yeah. <laughs> shut up yeah, you know it's a, yeah but kelly is like your cool fucking uncle man like the he's just seller. he's so fun to interact with that well, and he's uh, so... dur- during the lightning round Ooh, when we asked this. kelly about the pizza the pizza question of the lightning round turned into a half-hour conversation about pizza. Yeah, and he's explaining how the, the, the drains and the pipes in New York with the water to, goes into the crust and all this shit. <laughs> just, but there's, just know, awesome. there's other kinds of pizza besides New York and Chicago, too, you know, right? Detroit. 
Well, I, had, I've had pizza in Italy and I didn't like it. It was not good. Yeah, me but, too. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're. I'm I'm they're messed up. I like whole country. Good job. Well, I heard Detroit and even Robin swears by can, can, Canada has some spots too. Well, yeah. Well, specifically, my my city is known, you know, around here for for our pizza. Mm-hmm. New Jersey has some good pizza, really good pizza. Uh, but nothing like good pizza. Fuck, I'm hungry right now, man. <laughs> it's a bad time to talk about pizza. I feel like a gremlin's almost two in the morning. Still get delivered. Oh, pizza. Oh yeah. Dad, Dad, Domino's. Domino's gross. Domino's is like for suicidal people. I think. <laughs> it's it's bad. <laughs> Oh, or like sad office parties. <laughs> it's the thing you go to when there's no alternative when you're yeah. desperate. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, little, I think pizza is even worse than Domino's. But. Little Caesars before any of them. Oh, what Papa John's? Oh, oh God. gross. Damn the oh. cook. <laughs> I, I, I will. I will stick up for slightly California Pizza Kitchen. I quite liked their pizza. Mm. We had we had one around here and they closed recently. But I would uh, say those are more like uh, what do you call them? Those are more like. Uh, Artisanal? No, yeah, but like, what's the word that you they use for them? Uh, fucking breads or like, I forget what it's called. Like, oh, would you like to try our appetizer, which is a flatbread? That's what it is, flatbread. Oh, you know what I fucking miss, bro? The fucking I haven't even been there in ages. The lo- Red Lobster biscuits, bro. The oh, the cheddar too. biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fat. <laughs> Such a fat can, thing. Can to I say. tell you a brief thing? Yeah, very brief. The most exciting thing that's going to happen to me in, in six months is that we are going to make a special trip to the closest Popeye's Louisiana oh chicken, oh. chicken place to us because Popeye's chicken is something I miss from Chicago. So. Uh, they have yeah. those everywhere, though, don't they, Popeye's chicken? I think it just depends yeah. on the state. We have a we lot have, of we have, block, we have We have Popeye's over here. Chicago. What's this Chick-fil-A thing all these young kids are talking about now? It's overrated, man. Yeah, that's what I've been It's here. overrated. Chicken boy. You need that I, I tried one in Houston and couldn't believe how bland it was. Chick fil A? Yeah. Yeah, it's overrated. Yeah, was it Whataburger in, in uh, Texas supposed to be really good? I've not tried Whataburger. What, yeah, okay, let me tell you something about Whataburger, okay? It's fucking Burger King. <laughs> I, it's, this, like, it's the same shit. Always, oh, Whataburger is so. No, it's slop. It's Burger King. <laughs> Do you, do you know what else is Burger King? Mm. Hungry Jacks. Have oh. you heard of Hungry Jacks? Yes, Hungry. I have. Oh, cool, yeah. Yeah, they got bought out. So they're literally Burger King under a different name. Oh, hey, you, I forgot you West Coasters have. I haven't had in ages some really bad shit. Jack in the Box. Oh, oh I like Jack yeah. in the Box. No, I do, yeah. too. My I do. It's just so That's bad. Super, super late night, like, stoner jam right there. Oh, Jack in the Box. Yeah, yeah I, I had. Your, if you ever want to clog your toilet, Jack in the Box is for you. Yeah, Jack in the Box. I had Jack in the Box when I was in San Diego last year for, for Comic Con because Tom didn't take me to In and Out. Oh! Well, to, we, at least we, you got real Mexican food. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That, that, that place was good. I got pictures to prove. What was yeah. that place we went to? Uh, that was in the old town, old town area. I think that was the old town cafe, if I remember correctly. Mm. This is good. Super, super like legit Mexican food. 
Actually, before we go, Ben, where is the yep. best place that you would recommend to eat in uh, Seattle from your experience? Well, uh, pre-pandemic at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're going for the con and you want – well, do you mean no, – like, what kind of great food do you mean? place to eat in, in the city? Like what's the place to go to that you would you would take Not friends to? Okay, so if you like sushi, some of the best sushi I've had is a place called – I'm going to call it Japanessa but they pronounce it Hapanessa because it's a Japanese-Mexican fusion. Oh, oh. It's really good sushi, though, because we get good sushi in the Pacific Northwest because we get it fresh off the boat sort of thing. Yeah, that's um, true. And there's a place called the – well, I think it may have closed now because of the pandemic, like for good. But ah, it's called the Dahlia Lounge. Like if you think the Black Dahlia, it's the Dahlia Lounge. Because as a dessert, they do these um, fresh-made um, donut ball things with marzipan. and It's like oh. fancy, cool stuff. But they, they do like a Chinese fusion that was great, too. Um, now there's a lot of good restaurants. Was a lot of good restaurants in Seattle, in down the downtown area. Mm. So, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Well, that's well, gonna be the biggest casualty of this thing. You can't just suggest things anymore because you don't know if they're gonna. Yeah. yeah. If they've already closed, so it sucks. That's why they need help from the government. That's yeah. true. They need they need like a fucking. A they need loans. Loans that they never have to pay back just to stay afloat or really open when it's time. Hundred percent, because this ain't their, this isn't their fault, which is like fucked up, because uh, we just proper nope. small business man. But America's never been about small business; it's been about big business. So yeah. mm. let it trickle down, boy. Oh, that grease. Yeah. I won't bore you with mon- mon- modern monetary theory, but <laughs> money. Yeah, you can print money and just give it to people and then forgive it, so long as you take it out of the system later, and then it won't hurt inflation at the right times. But no one will do that. So, eh, eh. Hey, man. Eh. See how it goes, man. This time next year, we might all be on the street. Who knows? Soup kitchens. <laughs> they'll be great. We'll be, there'll be Yelp for soup kitchens. The next time uh, <laughs> we're talking about food, we can talk about the best soup kitchens. Maybe. <laughs> you know, you're going to get Amazon bowls coming out of them with a little smiley face. From the yeah. Because there won't even be dumpsters, because dumpsters uh, serve restaurants, and we need you need a good restaurant to dump the food in. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> these are strange times. I just want everyone to stay safe and healthy as best they can. Yeah. Mm, that's a that's actually a great way to wrap it up for SquidCon 2020. SquidCon baby, ladies and gentlemen, the great Ben Templesmith. Thank you so much for your time, sir. Uh, I apologize for everything I've said. <laughs> Thank you for having me. No, no you, are, you are one of what we call a flawless guest. It's too much fun. And uh, I am so – I just – I can't fuck – it's less than a month. We're going to be in October, and I can't wait for you and Kelly Jones to be on. We're going we're, we're gonna to make a big fun thing of it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So. Yeah, I, I still need to figure out my uh, – I'm going to do it on the Patreon so you can um, vote on it. I need to know what I'm going to do for Inktober. So, oh, so. yeah. Inktober. That's going to be cool. I always love a good Inktober. But uh, but anyway, so thank you for your time, and thank you. Uh, we will be in go. touch. Yeah, anytime. Thank you guys. Thanks, thank ben. you, Ben. I'm saluting Have you again. <laughs> See you. Be safe, Ben. We'll talk soon. You too. Thanks very much. Bye.